Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, Talk to recorded live. live. Um, it's April 12th, 2018, and it is 7.32 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. We're still on Eastern Daylight Time, so I'm going to say it until we aren't anymore. Um, every once in a while they bring that up again, but it's dropped off for a while. Maybe we'll hear again in the fall when the time changes again, but for now it seems to have dropped off, and let's just let it drop off, okay? All right, um, I want to say hi tonight. I was, like, um, planning to do a show last week. I said I was going to get back on this and do it every week and be disciplined and organized and all that, but last week just fell apart completely over and over again. It wasn't anything terribly serious, but what it did was it just raised my anxiety level to the point where I didn't want to sit here for the time it takes and try to be calm when I was just like, you know, buzzing as I call it. felt like I was buzzing. So I said, you know what, I'm going to just relax and say the heck with it and get offline or just cruise or whatever. I don't think I ever really get offline. But um, So that's what I did, and I didn't think there was anything all that terribly important anyway because we're just watching, now we're sitting back watching this stuff with our mouths hanging open, seeing things that are occurring, and it's like, what the heck does that mean? Oh, I'll tell you, I have bounced around from one site to another, listening to one video after another, trying to figure out who some of these people are, and like I say, I really do believe it's the same people over and over again, or their associates that are doing most of the um, nefarious actions, shall we say, in the background. Um, hi, Dottie. Hi, Valium. Hi, Eight. I see Eight has come in. Um, I, we are, uh, I hope I'm not shutting off my phone. I just went beep. Okay, let's see. Oh, I see it's still waiting. Sorry about that. Um, so, we are like um, just coping. We're coping and waiting for the next whatever to happen so we can maybe make more sense of the uh, progression of events that we're watching. And um, I learn from everything. I learn from the things that I see. I, you know, if, it, if it's somebody who I've been following that I believe that I trust, um, at some point, it either continues or I say, uh-oh, and I go, why did they say that? That made no sense. So I go back and I look again. So the uh, field of people that I trust at this point is getting smaller all the time, and it's just because we can't tell who's uh, who's been there, some of them for the long haul, actually, with a different agenda than what we think. So <clears throat> I guess my point is just keep studying and keep watching because you're going to know based on your own experience, um, especially in the um, issues that you're interested in, you'll know from your own experience what's valid and what isn't. And uh, don't allow people to sway you because they try awfully hard to pull you off task. (laughs) 
they try to get you to uh, believe something different or see something different. All right, so uh, let's see. What was the thing that I was really interested in this afternoon? I spent a lot of time this afternoon sitting and thinking about things and also um, writing down what I might talk about tonight and and which things I found the most important because there's so many things. Some things I can just brush over and some things I need more depth. Um, The one that I heard, I was listening to Howie Carr, and he was talking about Mueller again, Robert Mueller. Well, we know those of us who have studied on him and studied on some of the uh, different um, big false flag stories and associations with people in the shadow government, etc. We've run across Robert Mueller's name before, um, and he he's a person who's been around. He's been in various places over time, and he's developed a lot of his power that way. Well, Howie had talked about him a few days ago, and I, you know, it went in one ear and out the other mostly, but I thought I'd get back to it, and he mentioned it again today. So I thought, well, I'm going to go and see what he has to say, what he has to say written. And it was written like uh, March 22nd, the the, uh, link I'm going to give you was written on March 22nd, but he talked about him again today, and he's talked about him other times because this is something that's really bugging him. It's almost like the... uh, the DNA issue with Elizabeth Warren, where he keeps saying he wants to get a sample of her, you know, her DNA from like a glass or, you know, something so he can submit it and find out if she's actually Native American like she claimed in the past. Well, he's like this now over this particular letter that he wants um, regarding Robert Mueller. So just to catch you up on this, I'm going to read this because I haven't read this yet. I may as well read it to you while I'm reading it. It was written on March 22nd, and it says, breaking, of course it would have been then, did Robert Mueller conspire to keep four innocent men framed by the FBI in prison for life for a murder they did not commit? The Boston Globe and a longtime member of the the MA, Massachusetts Parole Board, say yes. And there's a picture of Robert Mueller, and it says, FBI Director Robert Mueller sworn in on Capitol Hill in Washington Thursday, June 13, 2013. So this is uh, just a caption. I'm not going to read that. Um, did Robert Mueller, the special counsel who's currently currently trying to frame President Donald Trump, take part in a much earlier FBI frame-up that sent four innocent men to prison for more than 30 years and resulted in an eventual settlement of more than $100 million for false imprisonment? The answer appears to be yes. This is not Mueller's first frame-up. And then it's got some pictures included, and some are crime scene and some are mug shots. These pictures are not particularly um, uh, great to look at. I don't like seeing a lot of blood on the floor and things like that, but Howie writes in a style that is similar to crime novels, okay? It says, this is a mugshot of Teddy Deegan, a minor Boston hoodlum who ended up murdered in an alley in Chelsea in March 1965. The Boston office of the FBI knew about the murder as soon as it happened. Um, It's got some paperwork copies. Um, Then a few days after the cold-blooded slaying, FBI agent H. Paul Rico, who would later die in a prison hospital in Oklahoma after being arrested for a gangland hit in Tulsa, sent an air tell to J. Edgar Hoover, giving him even more background on the hit, including the identity of the actual murderers. And it has some paperwork copies or scans. But Rico, sorry to keep 
clearing my throat, sorry. But RICO and the rest of the corrupt FBI Justice Department criminals had a sinister plan in mind. They wanted to protect the real killers, especially serial killer Joe the Animal Barboza, whom they had just recruited as one of their first top-level mob informants. And there's more pictures and mugshots. The G-Men also wanted to protect another of the hitmen, Vincent Jimmy the Bear Flemmy. The Bear would get special treatment because his brother Stevie the Rifleman Flemmy had also just been recruited as a snitch for the FBI. So the feds decided to frame four guys from the North End who had nothing to do with the murder. One of them, Joe the Horse Salvati, hadn't contributed to Barboza's bail fund on an earlier pinch, so Barboza, the witness, avenged the slight by putting the horse in the death car. Louis Greco, a World War II hero, had been in Florida the night of the murder and could prove it, but he was still convicted of first-degree murder. The other three were found guilty of being accessories and conspirators in the murder. Limon Salvati, Tomello Greco. Besides Greco and Salvati, the other two men convicted in state court in 1968 were Peter Limon, an up-and-coming mafia gangster, and Henry Tamaleo, who served as the eyes and ears of New York LCN godfather Raymond L.S. Patriarca in Boston. Some of these names I may be butchering. I don't know these names very well. After a kangaroo court trial in Boston, two of the four were sentenced to death and the other two got life terms at MCI Walpole. Throughout the decades, the FBI remained silent even though the exonerating evidence, including the names of the real killers, was contained in their files. In 1973, Vinnie Teresa, another mob turncoat, wrote a best-selling book, My Life and the Mafia. He laid out the entire railroading of the four men, but they continued to languish in prison. In the 1980s, their lawyers tried to get them parole or, or commutations, but the feds, despite knowing the truth like everyone else in Boston, continued to try to muscle the state parole board <clears throat> and the governor's council, which handled pardons and commutations, into keeping the innocent men in prison. Often the FBI would send two of the Boston office's most corrupt agents, and there were several, to the parole board to try to intimidate members into not freeing the innocent men. Both G-men were on Whitey Bulger's payroll. One was John Vino Morris, who admitted to taking $7,000 in bribes from Whitey and Stevie Flemmy, and who in 1982 fingered two FBI informants so that Whitey could whack them on Northern Avenue in South Boston. Um, <clears throat> for people who don't know anything about New England history or about Howie Carr at all, Whitey Bulger tried to kill Howie Carr, and he was very interested, obviously, in the um, trial of Whitey Bulger and has written things about it. It was a big story, obviously, in the Boston area and also in the country because Whitey Bulger was missing for a long time and was on a like the FBI's most wanted list. He was um, hiding out somewhere, living his normal life. I forget where. I think maybe California, but I'm not sure. Um, the other agent charged with keeping the innocent men imprisoned in, for life was John Zip Connolly, who is now imprisoned in a state prison in Florida until two, 2040 for his role in a Whitey Bulger-sanctioned gangland hit in Miami in 1982. Now come on down, Robert Mueller. <clears throat> and there's a picture of Mueller, a recent one. Mueller was acting U.S. attorney in Boston in 1986-87, According to multiple sources, Mueller himself wrote letters to the parole board demanding that the innocent men not be released despite the overwhelming evidence of their innocence. 
and then it says, here's a link to a 2011 story from the Boston Globe laying out the case against Mueller. And here is Michael Albano, I think he said, when he said the name today. Albano is how I would say it, but he said Albano. A former member of the parole board, as well as former mayor of Springfield and the governor's council, on my show talking about the letters from special counsel Mueller, and it says interview with Michael Albano, and he had... um, he has the the link here for that. It's like about 10 minutes long. Two of the men, Tamaleo and Greco, died in prison. Salvati and Limon were eventually freed, and all four men or their estates were awarded a total of $102 million by a federal judge, a classmate of Bill and Hillary Clinton at Yale Law School, for their false imprisonment based on perjured testimony purchased by the Federal Bureau of Investigation. The 302s above showing that the FBI knew that the men were innocent were not released in 2000, until 2003, 38 years after the murder. The House of Representatives had to threaten then-Attorney General John Ashbrook with contempt of Congress to pry the incriminating documents out of the always corrupt Justice Department. This is one of the biggest, if not the biggest, scandal in the scandal-ridden history of the FBI, and Bob Mueller was apparently right in the middle of it. We have filed a Freedom of Information Act request with the State Parole Board to obtain Mueller's letters from the 1980s, and we will share them with you as soon as they are released to us, developing. Well, he it, there was more developing because how he talked about this story today, and I couldn't get enough notes down fast enough. I was trying really hard, but he was saying about two of them had died in prison, and that's in this story of the four men, and two of them, um, two of them were exonerated and they were they were um, paid a settlement um, and he said about the Boston Globe had it and that was what some of those quotes were from he's looking for a letter he says that um, he has asked Peter Carr who is the person that he has to ask for it is no relation to him and has not received a, resp- a response excuse me how he has gone to the archives looking for it himself. And there was a big joke going on yesterday about whether he had large pants on when he came out, if he was, like, you know, carrying things out like Sandy Berger back in the old days, for those of you old enough to remember that. Um, And he said that uh, this Michael Albano said that he saw the letter. He would take a lie detector test about it. So that maybe that's mentioned in the um, interview that's included in this. But all this has been in the last few days, and um, well, or a week or so, and I thought you might be interested in that, especially if you like to follow justice stories and uh, that kind of thing, if you enjoy that kind of thing. I do because I like justice. It's one of the things I live for. So anyway, this is Howie Carr's story um, regarding Mueller and false imprisonment, let's see if I can type this fast enough, of uh, four men. Back in the 80s, I think it said. I'm just going to say it is, because if you go look, you'll know anyway, for sure. Back in the 80s. Um, and like I said, there's a, about a 10-minute audio in that. If you go to Howie Carr's page, which is howiecarshow.com, you can see some other um, segments of his shows that are indexed to say what he was basically talking about within that that uh, segment. I did see one on there that mentioned Mueller, but 
I don't know exactly where in the segment it was because he talks about a lot of different subjects the same as I do and other people do mixed all together. So, But if you are interested in that story, you might want to follow along and uh, I'm sure he'll be talking about it more because he he's really focused on that right now. Maybe he'll do another book. Who knows? He's done a lot of different books relating to things he was interested in over time. Okay, um, another thing that happened uh, recently or today, I'm not sure which, I heard about it today for the first time, was um, on Jay Sekulow Live at noon today. I was listening in because the topic was about, um, was something that I didn't know that I was going to be interested in, but it was about um, the United States State Department paying money through the Jimmy Carter, um, Jimmy Carter Center, I think it's called, um, paying money that was paid to Hamas. And um, they they were just right on fire today about this, and I can see why, because what in the heck? Why would the United States be giving money that was being funneled through to Hamas? And they got their information on that, I believe, through a, a Freedom of Information Act request as well. They have a lot of them filed. One of the things that Jay said that they will be doing with the Jay Sekulow um, site because a lot of people are saying the same things that we are, such as why isn't anything happening? You know, all these things have been filed, all these things have been uncovered, and yet nothing seems to be happening. And because it doesn't go fast like in the movies, he's trying to say that they have listened and that they're going to try to um, put their information out in a format that people can actually see that things are happening. They're going to put on their website... um, a listing, and it will show at what stage each thing is um, in its re- resolution. Because they file these free- Freedom of Information Act requests, they also file cases, um, and they're in various stages as they go along. But that is what they've been doing, and they have many. I forget how many he said they have, but they have many, and that's why they don't talk about them all at once, because it's too much. But if it's on their website, you can go there and look at it. You can see what stage of resolution each thing is. Um, I think it's a good idea. I think all of us could probably learn from that, anybody who's doing websites or blogs, to do updates on various things so that people realize that it isn't just, it, it seems to be very slow, but in actuality there are things going on. So, hi James Ken, straight shot, guest number six. Desert Pete, I see you came in too. Um, Desert Pete's having computer problems. My my computer was off when I came down the other day. I think it was three or four days ago. It was just off. It was complete. You know, I turned it on. I was like, okay, what happened? Just mine, not the other computer in the house. So that was kind of interesting. Maybe they're messing with us again. Can you imagine that? Okay, we're starting to hear some new names again now, or names coming back from the past. One of them is Alan Dershowitz. That's one that uh, people are going to be digging out more about him. I remember he was very prominent at one time. I don't remember with what, but I know his name. I recognize his name and immediately had his face in my mind, which means I was interested in whatever it was he was doing. So I will be looking up more about him. And someone named Huber is showing up. Where did I see that? I don't know. Maybe the Q postings. 
maybe people talking about it, but that's a name that I keep seeing. I've seen it about four or five times in the last few days. Somebody I don't know anything about, so I'll be finding out something about him too. Um, People coming and going. Here's another thing. People coming and going. You go on these places that you listen to all the time or you see something because when you're watching YouTube, there's some suggestions on the side and they're the same topic, so you click on them and you get some new channels or new places to go listen to. I have seen some people showing up lately, I mean in the last few months, who I've never heard of before in my life. Some of them seem to have been around for a while, like Lionel, Lionel Nation. I kind of like him, but he's posting a lot frequently. His delivery is very interesting. Some people can't follow it very well. But if you're a knowledgeable person and you know what's been going on for quite a long time, you can follow along. It's not hard at all. It's like almost like a friend is talking to you and saying, you know, this is weird. Or he's he's uh, what I would call colloquial in his delivery. He talks to you like you're just his friend sitting there and he's going, what the heck's going on? You know, that kind of thing. So I enjoy listening to him. He has... Uh, had a lot of the same thoughts that I have as far as making connections with things and saying, you know, that doesn't make sense to me or this does make sense to me or, hey, I'm suspicious of this person. doesn't mean I believe everything anyone says. I never do because they have a different perspective. Some of it's valid, some isn't. But it isn't that necessarily that the person's lying. Sometimes it's just that that's how they see it from where they're sitting. So I look at it that way and I listen to a lot of different people. So he's one I'm kind of interested in. Then there's the Jason Goodman who showed up to me. He showed up fairly late here. I don't know what his connections are to different things, but he's a person that I really have, um, oh, I don't I don't want to say misgivings about, but um, I would want to know more about his background because he's got various, things he's doing and why did he pick this to do. To me, he's just, he's, I don't know. He did he did interview Field McConnell. He's interviewed some other people. He's been in some feuds lately with other um, bloggers that are around talking about political issues and world issues and shadow government issues and things like that. One of them is um, American Intelligence Media, I think it's called, AIM. Then I saw another one this week, and they were complaining about AIM. To me, it's like a huge distraction, like a bunch of people come on, they all talk about similar things, they fight with each other, everybody gets involved in that, they start listening to them to hear the fight, they want to know what the argument is, and they're not paying attention to the fact that you know, there was gassing, or maybe not, in Syria, or there was you know, there, a threat of missiles and nuclear bombs and stuff in Syria, because they're all watching this or they're watching some other foolishness that's coming across the uh, media. Well, I don't know if there was actually a gassing in Syria. There are people that have said it's not true, there's no evidence of it, there's no sick people, there's no dead people. They have like videos supposedly of kids being coached to look like they're being poisoned. I don't know, we're not there. Like I said, if you can't trust your people in authority in your country, then what are you supposed to do? We need to be able to trust these people that they're telling us the truth. Are they? I don't know. Don't know. Certainly if kids are getting gassed, it's something you want to deal with right off. But it also isn't something you want to use as a pretext to go to war either. So 
what am I going to say? I mean, they certainly have surveillance everywhere. It wouldn't be that hard to prove it, I don't think, instead of making these productions that look like something when they're maybe not something. There were people, I was reading something today where someone said maybe they should have a production company make a fake video of a crisis like that and show how easy it is to convince people that it's real. You know, we already know this because we watch movies. We already know how real they can make it look. Um, I don't know what to say about it other than it's sad when we get to that point. But I think there's a lot of gamesmanship going on right now, and I'm trying hard not to take it all to heart and worry about all these things because it's out of our hands, that part. We can say we don't like it. We can say we don't want these things to happen, but they will happen anyway because these people have a lot of power. So I always just say, you know, when I'm saying a little prayer, it's about hoping that the good guys win. It's about hoping that the attention is brought to um, a solution rather than more chaos, more um, destruction, and more unhappiness and all that stuff. Just pray for the resolutions. Pray for, you know, a divine intervention or whatever you need to do. Pray for that person and um, in some ways, you know, I think of it as freezing out the others, freezing out the ones that that can't see the good or the creativity or whatever, the ones that are just destroyers that I would like to freeze them out. And the way to do it, I think, is to just ignore them as much as possible and go in the direction that you see is the positive direction and the one that we should be going in. Just leave them behind, <laughs> let whoever sorts them out back there take away their power. Um, the, pay, the Facebook hearings, now those were interesting. I listened to quite a bit of Zuckerberg's testimony. I took a lot of notes on it, um, and I saved some, a few clips. Um, people are arguing about this whole thing about the Facebook terms of service, about that Facebook is a company and he's the CEO and they can decide what they want to do and blah, 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 blah. But I think a while ago we went over the line from them just being a company with a CEO doing whatever they want to do into huge amount of influence, huge amount of connectivity with other corporations globally, and that they um, have become more than just a company. They They have so much influence, they are open to the public, um, and that they are using the product, which is the users, to enrich themselves, enrich others. Um, and I'm not against capitalism. I think that if people have a good idea and they can get rich from it, then, then more power to them. But this has gone beyond that. And when, um, when I started seeing friends of mine who were banned from Facebook for a comment or posting something that was deemed unsuitable for Facebook, some of them for a few days, some of them for 30 days, or for breaking some rule that they didn't know existed, um, I started seeing how unfair this was and I started noticing it. And during the course of the hearings, that topic came up quite a bit about the unfairness, the un, uneven 
political scene also, that it was so heavily leaning liberal that they were actually removing conservative views. I mean, I might take it so far as to say, you know, why are we talking about other countries interfering in our elections when you just have to look at Facebook? They interfered when they did not take people's political um, advertising um, due to their party or their political views on certain topics. Um, And he kept repeating, Zuckerberg kept repeating that they created Facebook for people to connect with each other about things that they were interested in and also to that they had to be careful not to cause harm. It was supposed to be for the good of everyone. So, you know, it's just for the good of everyone. It's for, you know, make life la-la land. I don't know. That's what he said anyway. He also said that people owned their own content and could control their own content. And that is, hmm, I I noticed it right off because I went, oh, really, is that true? If we own our own content and control our own content, then how did it end up somewhere else being sold or used differently? And how do they justify cutting off people whose pages I would like to read? That's what I would say. Well, if you let me control my own content and you want it to be for the good of everyone and not for harm, then why would you cut off people whose pages I like to listen to so that I can be informed or because I'm entertained by those people? So, but he does, you know, he's a gazillionaire. He doesn't have to answer questions like that. He doesn't have to really even be that concerned and he didn't remember much either and he was called on that a few times. Um, I think I forget who the person was. It was, um, I believe, one of the representatives. So it was probably the second day. It was probably yesterday. She listed all kinds of things that he should have known but said he didn't know. (coughs) And somebody also talked about his apology tour where he'd just go around saying he was sorry all the time and they'd do better. And this has been going on for quite a while. Sorry, I need a water or I'm going to just cough in your ear. So... Those are the generalities that I heard from listening to it. Now I'm going to look through my list because there were some things I starred on my list of things. And I didn't hear every single bit of it because the feeds kept cutting out. <coughs> and when they kept cutting out, um, sometimes I couldn't get back for a few minutes or they would go on a recess, a break, and when they came back, the link I was listening to didn't come back, so I had to go find another one. Another thing I noticed was on some of the feeds, all you saw was Zuckerberg's face, and uh, and I wanted to see who the questioners were as well, see their names and see their faces and their whole demeanor. So I had to keep switching until I got both cameras, in other words, see who's asking the questions too. So, Okay, so... Nelson, this was near the beginning, um, one of the opening statements, Nelson said on privacy, he said, if we don't protect privacy, then none of us will have it anymore. In other words, he was saying he wouldn't have it either. I don't know if he's the one or somebody else asked, where did you stay last night? What hotel did you stay in? Would you be comfortable telling us that? And he just kind of went blank, thought about it, went, no, (laughs) like he didn't want to say. He says, well, that's how Americans feel too. They don't want to tell you everything about their life. 
Um, but I don't remember who said that to him. And let's see. Cantwell, I need to go back to Cantwell's. Um, that's a woman. I'm not sure what state, what state, maybe California. She asked about um, a couple of other companies and said something about Stanford and Project Alamo. And I wrote down Palantir. I don't know if that's the name exactly because it was not a familiar name to me. So I just spelled it what I thought I heard. So I'm not sure if that's it. But the minute she mentioned those, he went, Stonewall early answered a question, I mean, that she asked, because it was like, it turned into like Mainers, yep, nope, <laughs> that kind of thing. And he had been talking before that, so I need to go and listen to hers again, definitely, to find out what it was that turned the switch off in him that he didn't want to talk about it. Probably find out this is like, because it's within the United States, and it's probably something, you know, that they didn't want us to hear about. <clears throat> That's what I would take from it. Um, one of the senators asked if he uh, was aware of subpoenas, and he said he was. Facebook has some subpoenas right now. Um, so there are investigations going on, which I'm not sure I knew about. I'm not sure about that at all. I have some other notes here, but they're not highlighted, so I'm skipping. Um, I heard the, the phrase cross-device tracking and this was Blunt that was talking at the time, Senator Blunt. I want to say that, and this is my memory, okay, is that the questioning was about if you have several devices and you sync them. I never did that. I don't really know exactly what it is, but I think what it is is that it lets your devices talk to each other to, so they can put things together like calendars and messages and stuff so you can get them on any of your devices. I don't really know. I don't know what the purpose of it would be because most people are going to an external site to get their information now. It's not like it's all on your computer. It's like you go get it. So you could go get it with anything, like you could go get something with a telephone or something. But Maybe I'm just not thinking of it right. But he was talking about the fact that when you have your devices in that way, where you have a cross-device tracking thing, it's how much of the information goes from one to the other, how much um, um, how much tracking is there as far as not knowing, you know, what is keeping track of which data, something like that. In other words, you might not know you're being tracked because the devices are, are talking to each other. Um, <clears throat> Durbin talked about what about the biometrics with children? He's concerned about that. Now think about this. You've got these devices and you've got this new technology that is doing facial recognition, it's doing thumbprints, it's doing all kinds of things. How are you protecting children from this? Um, and I doubt anybody is because they don't really think of it. They don't think of it as dangerous. But, you know, if you've got a kid who's putting their thumbprint onto something to identify that it's them or it's their face um, in a photo, they can be identified that we have that now. We have that capability of knowing who is who. And like one of my friends had asked me this past week, they said, well, what if I get rid of my Facebook? What if I just like erase it? And I said, it doesn't really matter if you even have a Facebook. That blows people people's minds too. 
but they have files on everyone even if they don't have a Facebook. And the reason is, is that your friends have created an identity for you by tagging you, um, putting your face, if your face is in a picture with a family photo and somebody tags you, or then they know that that's your family. So they've gathered all this ev- this uh, evidence, I was going to say, all this information about you over time, and they can tell who you are. It may not be completely accurate. That's the thing that I say. Because as you know, the people that have come to this show, they know that I've run into this problem because I don't fit into the boxes that people try to fit people into because I've done so many weird different things. And if you look me up online, you're going to find things that sort of are me. It was like my my credit report I told you about, sort of me, but not really me. It's got like, you know, it's got a couple of houses and they were houses that we bought for a rental. They were apartment buildings, but it said that's where I lived, you know, things like that. So it's sort of true, but sort of not true. The computer made an assumption that I had moved. I moved all these times in a short period of time, and it was I was buying houses. (coughs) So, and computers would correct things, like one of the houses was on the same street that I live on, so it would correct the house number. It's like, I don't live at both houses. I didn't move from one to the other. I own both houses. And it was really hard because the computer is saying, no, no, you move there. And I didn't move there. And here's an even better one, a duplex that had two different addresses on it, one building. That freaked the computer right out because that's not how they number things now. (laughs) But it was the way it was numbered, and it was how the house was numbered. And for the city to figure out how to do something with those, they just picked one of the numbers. And I knew which one was the one that was the key number or whatever you want to call it. The actual address for 911 or whatever was one of the sides. So anything that's in the computer that's got the other number is going to be throwing the computer off now. It'll be like, well, because it's two digits off, even number of the street, right? Bizarre. Nobody planned on all this when they decided to start using computers. So we have these issues that come up. Um, Zuckerberg was talking about how A1, A1, A1 stakes off. Now AI was going to change things. They want to use tools, AI tools, artificial intelligence, to help them monitor their content on their site. Now, if that's the case, how is the user, how is the user getting their content that they want? if it's being monitored by AI and removed or whatever. It, it's These are all issues that are separate. It's not just as simple as saying, hey, it's Facebook, and everybody knows what Facebook is. It's dynamic. It's changing all the time. You go in there one day and you can do these things, and the next day you can't do those things because they think they're helping you because they're going to do this. The thing that they did that I hated the most was they juggled the comments or the um you know, the comments or the um, likes, if you go and you look on your Facebook and it tells you somebody responded to something, something you posted, something you said, etc. Now they're changed. Somehow it's like these things they think are relevant to you and these things aren't, so they're further down. I wanted mine chronological the way it used to be, which means that the last one I looked at and I see that, I go, oh, I saw that one, so I just want to look at the ones above that. No, they're juggled now. You can look around. Some things were 12 hours ago. Some was a day ago. You know, it's like 
I already saw that one. Don't care about this one. But they decided. They decided for me what I need to see. I don't like that because I miss things. I, you know, I miss things that to me are important. Um, I mentioned about the apology tour. I wrote it under the name Blumenthal, so I don't know if it was Senator Blumenthal that said that, but anyways. Um, and Cruz did did some cornering, but that was one of the feeds that went down or didn't resume. I didn't see the whole thing, so I had to go back later and try to watch some of that. Um, another woman senator who I didn't get her name because they, they really didn't show all the names. Some of them were sitting not behind their name tag, so you couldn't write it down. But somebody who was not too long after Cruz asked what categories are collected. What they store, They store a lot of data. But what categories are being collected? And um, he really couldn't answer that. I think that uh, it's probably everything. So don't even really need categories. Just they just save everything that you do or say on there. He claims that when you erase it, they remove it. I don't believe it, but that's what he said. Um, yep, he talked about the artificial intelligence several times about how they were going to use artificial intelligence to decide what to remove. They were going to have different tools that were in that that area, artificial intelligence. He thinks that's going to work really well. Um, they're going to look into every ad for, for political office. They're going to look into all of the political committees, find out who is the one that signs up for the ad, look into whether they're legitimate and all that before they'll run them, you know, maybe. We're talking about millions of, basically millions of entries. I mean, it's huge magnitude of, I'm not sure it's millions. I'm making that up. Um, but it seems like he said that many. There's there's so much volume to it that I don't see how they can even do what he's saying that they'll be able to do. But he claims it's because they're going to use this automated method. Well, how do you do that? It's going to have to be with words or something. I mean, judgment isn't something a computer can do. A judgment is something only humans can do, really. Computers take all the data and they decide from the data based on rules that are set up. That's what the algorithms are. If people don't know what algorithm means, it's a math formula, and it figures it out from the formula, not from judgment, because it's a machine. So remember the Geigo effect and all that that people were talking about in the past? Garbage in, garbage out. Well, it's like that. I did hear the FTC mentioned several times, and I was happy to hear that, because the Federal Trade Commission is what rules some of... Um, Facebook's business. It is a commerce platform. It has various types of aspects to it, but commerce is one of them. So the Federal Trade Commission, um, I think people even said that he had violated Federal Trade Commission laws. They were looking into that. That may be what the subpoenas are about. I'm not sure what the subpoenas are for. There are various things to do with the um, investigations going on right now regarding the elections, too, I believe. Um, 
I should say right now, a lot of these things are my recollections and what I think is happening. I may not be correct completely, so if you hear something I say and you're not sure, go look, please, because I don't know for sure. But I believe that's what he was talking about, was that they are involved in giving information towards the investigations that are going on right now regarding the elections. Okay. I think that's it on the Zuckerberg part, the hearings and everything. Um, in case you don't know, the the Senate and the House have live cameras when they're in session, and if you go to those, you're going to see what is actually happening there rather than have to listen to other people talking or you know their speculation or see the chat going on the side that's saying you know Trump's an idiot blah 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 down the sides um the news media for the most part I was disappointed in seeing the ones that were on the news media sites because of the fact they were just showing Zuckerberg's face the whole time and not the questioners I wanted to see the questioners and I forget where I found the questioners being shown um other than the actual House and Senate videos. I think it might have been Bloomberg. Or, I don't know. I had. I think I over the course of the two days, I bet I looked at six different links just because of various things they were doing. I thought it was really funny that ABC started late. I had, um, I was watching, I'd seen like several of the opening statements and then ABC broke in with George Stephanopoulos, and he said that that Zuckerberg would be there today to testify, and he was already sitting there. And I was laughing how stupid they, and how late they were. And when I went back to try to find if the feed had resumed, they were just sounding like they were just starting. He's just about to uh, testify. So they must have come in right before he started talking and acted like they were there in time. I think they were very late coming in, and I thought it was very funny. So much for our news media, right? I'm going to go in here and see if you're still even with me. Are you still with me? Oh, my gosh, the chat's gone way down the page now. I've been talking a while, haven't I? Yes, I have. I know I have. Okay. Um I'm just going to keep going because, like I said, I had so much tonight that I'm just going to keep going. So yell at me if you have to, and I don't care. Use capital letters if you want to. <clears throat> Thanks, Dottie. I see Dottie just put a link. Um, I'm hearing this phrase everywhere today, blue wave. The blue wave is coming. How about the blue wave? I think they're talking about the fact they think that the liberals are now going to have this big surge. And I I would hope they don't get too confident because, honestly, I don't think it's going to last long if they do have one because there's an awful lot of stuff that's going to start coming out really fast. And uh, people like us talk about it because we're not scared of them. So we talk. We're not scared. Um, So listen, I bet you'll hear it a lot tomorrow because I just mentioned it too, if you haven't already heard it. It's like one of those things like when – um, Howie Carr does a montage. Sometimes his uh, his producers have put in between the um, segments when there's commercials running on the radio. 
if you're listening online, they'll they'll play these segments they've made, and one of them is clips from various, you know, people like Nancy Pelosi who can't speak, Al Sharpton who is just, it's a hoot, you know, it's a montage of different clips. Well, there's um, different clips of people saying a dark cloud hanging over the presidency, and there's like a billion of them saying that, and then there's one that um, it's Al Gore like about a million times in different venues saying that it's like a nature walk. Uh, how does he call it? It's a nature walk through the... <laughs> no, I can't remember it. I've heard it about a hundred times. Uh, let me see if I can find out. Just a minute. Babe, what's, the na- what's that nature walk through the what? Al Gore's thing? It's like a nature walk through the... Remember? No, I can't remember either. Uh, he can't remember either. Darn it all! We hear it all. Day. We hear these things all the time. And I can't think of it right now. Yeah, it was Al Gore saying it a million times. The same exact words. He practiced, I guess. So anyway, um, so I I can't think of it. Darn it all, it was such a good one, too, and it was right there. I guess we're just going to have to accept the fact we're getting older. All right, so I guess um, the not being scared and still talking about things and not caring who hears it because they need to hear it. I was thinking a lot this week, too, about the fact that the more enlightened that we get because we're, you know, actually studying on things and trying to learn how to, get along with people and get around them and, you know, try to also have some balance in our life and um, do what we believe that we should be doing, what God or whoever, you know, God, I say God, um, wants us to do in our life that we were sent here for or whatever, whatever your beliefs are. To me, I believe I was asked to do this. I was called to do this. No, I'm not crazy. I was called to do it. I, I knew that I couldn't just sit there and watch things, know about it, understand what was happening, and, and fail to act because I knew that people were headed for the cliff. And if I love my fellow man and I care about my life and my li- and other people's lives here on earth, that I had to do something because I could see the destruction coming. And I think that that is where most of the people that I know are right now. They're thinking of it that way. It's like, I don't really have a choice. I can't just say, okay, just forget about it. I'm going to go sit in the backyard and put, you know, put on my suntan lotion and read a book because somebody has to do it. Not the most fun thing in the world. It's not really how I would plan, you know, out a ideal life or anything, but it's okay because I love justice and I see justice often enough at this point. I would like to see the really big justice, but I'm patient, patient and persistent, persistent like an itch. So I do see some progress anyway. Um, What we've taken to doing at night is watching the cooking shows. We're turning into old people. No, it's because we can't stand watching late night television. We don't want to see the tearing down of the country, tearing down of the people trying to lead it, Um, seeing people who have 
like the loosest morals, the darkest personalities, the nastiest temperaments telling us how we ought to live our lives. So we don't. We watch cooking at night. It's very calming. If you have a hard time falling asleep, just turn on the cooking shows. And when they start stirring the onions and the garlic and stuff and talking about all the different things that they're making, you can fall right asleep. It's wonderful. Put the timer on and maybe you'll see them pull it out of the oven and maybe you won't. Um, a lot of things are happening very fast and it's like we're uh, just trying to keep up with how many days ago something happened. Like was it two or three days ago or was it just like um, you know, was it was it a week ago? Was it two weeks ago? So the time is going by very fast in a way, and because so much stuff is happening, it, some of it is getting lost and some of it is getting forgotten. And I think that that's part of their technique. Look at how many things go out of the news cycle so quickly. You hear about it, you're thinking about it, you're like wanting to know what's going to happen, and then they don't even talk about it anymore. Like, I saw the build-up. We're going to see Loretta Lynch. She's going to be interviewed on TV. Lester Holt's going to interview her. And I'm thinking, yes, I'm going to watch that. So I go out to my friend's house on Monday night, and I said, when is the Loretta Lynch interview supposed to happen? She said, it already did. I watched it. And I said, what? It happened already? What do you mean it happened? Oh, it was on the news. I said, really? Yeah, it wasn't anything. She didn't say anything. It was nothing. And I went, really? I thought it was going to be like one of those 60 minutes kinds of things, like a whole hour. No. Well, I came back, you know, this week I was looking for it, and I found a three-minute segment of Lester Holt's news, so I guess that was it. Big whoop, it's gone. There was nothing. She just needs to go to jail, I guess. Why are we even listening to her anyway? But I wanted to hear what she had to say, and I guess she didn't say much. So there was that, and then we had the Chinese space station that was crashing to Earth, and everybody was tracking it because, you know, it could land on our head or somebody's head and kill somebody, and and I don't think they ever really said much about where it landed. I think it landed in the water somewhere, but boy, didn't we have the buildup for weeks previous. So there was another distraction. So anyway, I think of Q as laying out the crumbs for us. We have trails. We're we're following these trails. See, you know, what does it mean? Where what's happening? Everyone's not following it. Some people think it's lunacy and it's just to keep people distracted. I I've said before and I still believe it that there's validity to it. Um the reason why I think there is is because um it helps people look where where they aren't looking. If someone feels that they're being led to the point where they're not looking at anything else, then I would say, no, it's not good for you to do that because maybe you are being distracted from everything else. But to me, it's a confirmation in a way because I look at, see, guest six is saying Q. Um, I guess I look at it this way. If um, If it's not valid, so what? Then. I mean, I also read stupid things that I see that people send that are funny or entertaining. So it could be that. Um, and like Six is saying, disinfo, it could be disinfo. But 
the things that I've seen so far have mostly been true. So I don't know. I don't know who it is. But like I say, if you if you're following along, you're reading things, you're digging into things in depth, you might look at that and say, Okay, well, all these all these many things are happening, say for example, thirty different things are happening in all these different places and Q is talking about one or two of those. Maybe it is to take us off in a direction where we won't notice the other twenty eight things. But You know, you just have to figure that out yourself, I guess. Six says, never names names. Well, as I said before, if you had a job where you have clearances, where you're in the know, where you're sitting right there, and you're not allowed to talk about anything, um, it doesn't mean you can't point somebody in a direction so that they will discover it themselves. I want to know why we have so many people talking about things as though there's anything hidden anymore, because it isn't. So whenever they talk about a story and saying, well, we really would like to know the answer to this question, we really would like to know where that Malaysian airliner ended up, we really would like to know what um, these people said in their emails that were lost. They weren't lost. Nothing was lost. All of it's kept. Everything's tracked. They know that I'm talking right now if they want to. They can listen to every word I say if they want to. They know where I live. They know what color my eyes are. They know if I had a bowel movement this morning. Sorry to be so blunt, but that's the truth. They know anything they want to know about any of us. And that's not paranoia. That's a fact. So when somebody tells you that, oh, my gosh, we don't know what happened, it's a lie. They know exactly what happened. They know every single thing that happened. They also know what they've done, and they know that the people who have control and power over them know what happened. They know everything about them. So it's just who has the most information, who has the upper hand, and I'm sorry that to have to say it if people don't recognize that, but it's the truth. So anyway, as I said to my friend, you can erase your Facebook if you want to. I'm not going to because at this point, what is what difference does it make? Sound like Hillary. What difference does it make? People should have been concerned 20 years or more ago about it, but they weren't. They were like, what are you talking about? They're not listening to that. Why would they listen to my conversations? I'm not that important. Well... <laughs> You know, like I say, I've said a lot of things and done a lot of things and put myself out there not realizing that five or ten years down the road it was going to come back to bite me because I was working from a position of honesty and decency and loyalty. And they weren't. So they're collecting all this stuff to use against me later. Would I think to do that? I would not think to do that. Not only would I not think to do that, but... I wouldn't want to be the kind of person that does think to do that. So I left. I was a sitting duck for that stuff. And when I hear people say, well, if you're really honest, then you wouldn't mind letting everybody know who you are. I go, I, it, I don't care if people know who I am. 
go right ahead and find out who I am. I don't care. What I was doing was trying to protect people who didn't care to protect me. I was trying to protect them. And I was also realizing that if everybody knew who I was, then, and I'm not talking about in the grand scheme of things, because outside the state, they probably wouldn't know who I am. But inside the state, I know a lot of people. I would have no further information. I would not be able to be effective. I couldn't go and move around in public easily and just be, you know, with people because that's just how it is here. And when I say, you know, when I say that there's a reason why some people can't be using their own name when they do, you know, the things they do, writing things or commenting or going online and talking is because we're protecting somebody or we are, some of us are, some are doing it because they're criminals and they don't want anyone to know they're doing criminal activity. That's not me. But because they want to protect people, the way I put it, that don't want to be involved. Good people that don't have a clue, don't want to get involved, and that's their choice. I'm not going to I'm not going to drag people in that don't want to be involved. And that's what would happen in Maine. That's how it is up here. We know everybody. We have like you could mention names, Dottie knows the same thing. You could mention a name and there's 10 stories. You talk to 20 people and most of them are going to know that person. And it's just weird. And the good ones, they don't care. They're not going to use it against you. They're not going to harm you in any way. But the bad ones, oh, they're going to use everything you tell them. They're going to use the fact that you're related to these different people or that you you know, have associations with these different people, and they're going to use that, and you're going to regret that you ever opened your mouth about them. We have a lot of criminality here in Maine, and it's really corrupt. It's one of the most corrupt places on the planet, I think. And people laugh when I say it, but I believe it. I believe it. Because, you know, you've got the corruption where you've got people walking around and they're doing dirty dealings and taking money or whatever. They're dealing drugs or whatever. And then you've got places like Maine where they smile right in your face and put a knife in your back. And I wish I didn't know that stuff because I used to think it was a pretty cool place to live where everyone was so accessible. You could just go to their office and have a chat if you didn't like something. Oh, my gosh. They'd smile right in your face. Be taking notes and use it against you later. Not very funny, you know. So Dottie's saying Maine is corrupt. She absolutely knows because, yep, Dottie, exactly. That's what I mean. They don't want to be involved, but then they cry because um, about something today, and it's because they couldn't pay attention earlier or they didn't, you know, didn't care about it. And my favorite thing is then they don't want to they don't want to hear about how much you've gone through to try to rectify it yourself. They don't want to hear about all that. While they were having fun and partying and ignoring it all. Now they want it all fixed, like immediately. It's not gonna happen that way. Sorry. If I hear one more person talk about social security and how the baby boomers are robbing them of their future. I'd like to kick them right in the slats because that money is not coming from the government as a gift. That is our money that we put in it. So it's our money. 
It's not a handout. Anybody that you hear say that, please correct them because the, the younger generations are being brainwashed into thinking that there's this big pot of money and the baby boomers are stealing it all. No, it's not the baby boomers stealing it all. It's the government stealing it. They took it when it was not theirs to take. They used it in ways it was not supposed to be used. And it should never have been taken from people in the first place, honestly. If you want to go that far back, they took that money with the tr- and put it supposedly in trust for later for people so that they wouldn't be left destitute in their old age. It wasn't supposed to be for subsistence funding from the goodness of the taxpayers' hearts. So, yeah, it is sickening, Dottie. They had some sickening things going on today, too. I don't even know if I can get into all that because there's so much. Like I said, there's so much tonight. Um, every Everywhere I turned today, there was more stuff. I'm like, holy cow. <clears throat> so I, I'd written all this stuff down, and I think I think I covered most of that. Anyway, I'm still following Q. You don't have to, but... I'm following Q because I find it fascinating. And when I see things on there that people are guessing at and I know what it is already because I actually have background, so I know when I see it, it's like, oh, that's what they're talking about. And they're all, what does that mean? What do you think the 17 means? What does the plane and the 17 mean? I might be wrong, but I don't think I am. I think it's going to be about uh, MH17. That's my guess. We'll see if it pans out. But if you have, like I'm going to say, if you have a secret job and you're in the know and you want other people to know but you can't say anything because of your classification status or whatever, classified status, hints might take you there where if somebody came out and told you they'd not only lose their their um, clearances but they may be shot or something. You know, they don't. They don't fool around in those groups. They don't mess around with people. They take them out of the problem. <clears throat> so let me see what I have on here. If there's anything on here for notes, I mixed all my notes together by mistake because the previous one I did, I think I had some of these on here at the time. Um I'm going to just give you some links because I can't go into all of these separately. There's too many. Um, This one was they had protesters and hecklers at uh, the Vermont governor's signing. Um, Actually, I don't know if this was a signing or not. In Vermont. Vermont, the place where they tried to have a law that everybody had to be armed because it was their responsibility a few years ago. I don't know if you remember that, but I do, because Vermont's a New England state, so we're always looking at it. We have extreme progressives in Vermont. We also have people who are very conservative in Vermont. In Vermont. And uh, apparently there were protesters because the governor signed a gun control legislation, and I have not had a chance to read this yet, but I'm going to go give you this so you can go look at it later if you want. This one was from Fox News. Um, It's also interesting because I know people from Vermont, and they are so progressive, it's 
almost sad. I mean, how do they explain Bernie? <laughs> how do they explain what happened to Bernie? How do they explain the scandal that Bernie's wife is in? And it's just they they can't comprehend the scope of their entire you know, their entire existence. It's like they want to be so environmentally friendly that I'm sure they, you know, keep the grass clippings when they walk into their house and grass falls on the floor. They probably scoop it up and put it into their little compost bin and stuff. They're they're so progressive and so perfect as to how they should live on the earth. There's like, you know, the technologies and there's this wonderful steward of the land. You know, you just keep this public land and you have, oh, speaking of that, I have some more news on that too. And then there's like water that falls from the sky and it should not be kept in a rain barrel because I don't know, I guess it would like make the raindrops feel bad, but they go down into the ground and then you have this lovely groundwater and you're not allowed to touch it because of course the bottling companies should be able to have that and for the good of humanity. And oh, it's just I don't know. There's just you need to worry because the sea level's coming up and it might drown everybody and unfortunately people that live at the coast realize that the sea level hasn't risen at all. So if it happens, it's going to be a long time from now. Also, in the um, other story that I told you about, about my property and how my property lines go into the tidal zones and everything, well, we're going to be meeting somebody down there this coming week to show them where the boundary markers are because it's it had to be resurveyed using the colonial method. Pretty interesting. I'm interested in this because I'm interested in property and in um, land rights and things like that. So I'm interested in this, and I'll let you know how it goes. But my property lines weren't, in my opinion, were not properly noted on this application these people did because they were using modern surveying techniques and the modern surveying techniques were GPS measurements and that type of thing. And I have, on my deed, markers that are historic, basically. There's like a rock, and there's a rod, and there's a, you know, all that. And they have to go by that in Maine, apparently. Yes, I may win one little tiny skirmish here out of all this work, but we'll see. Okay, there was that. Now, did I put it in here yet? Oh, my gosh. Yes, I did. Good. Okay. Now we're going back here. Let's see what else is on here. Howie Carr. I already told you that one. Okay, I want to remind you again. I don't have the link here, but I'm going to remind you again that Wesley Clark was on PBS with Amy Goodman and talked in detail about the plans for going into the Middle East. This was after 9-11, and he talked about seven countries. If you look up Wesley Clark on YouTube with Amy Goodman, you should be able to find it. I've given it out before, but I forgot to go get the link again. And I think Syria might have been the last one that they were talking about. So you can see that that, you know, the 9-11 was actually the pretext to go into war in the Middle East, 
um, they were going to go over there and stomp out terrorism. As you see, they have not done that. What they've done is actually nice traders within our government went over there and traded arms with these people to have nice little wars over there, sell lots of stuff, and make the world more dangerous. Yay! I hope they're all dragged out of their beds at night by their feet. Even if they're sick right now. And that should give you a little hint. Okay. Um, There were things about uh, Jeffrey Epstein's island. Apparently it burnt. Um, I don't know if that's true or not, but I've heard that it burnt. There was supposedly a little earthquake down near there, too. Who the heck knows? If it did, it was probably to get rid of DNA evidence because DNA evidence lasts a long time in a certain area with lots of uh, things going on that re- that are um, associated with bodily fluids, you might see lots of DNA around. Um, so there were things about that. Somebody who was transported in a cage in a van for five days was suing the transport company This was prisoner transport, Um, ridiculous and inhumane. It's a story that I found interesting because of the prisoner and what do they call it, the prisoner justice, prisoner something transportation, J-PATS, the, what do they call that thing? They call it. Oh, like Con Air. I was thinking of like Con Air when I saw this. And I'm up against the paywall. You guys, if you go up against the paywall in the Bangor Daily News, what I do is I just back out. So I'm not giving you their link, and it's because why should I? They won't let me in right now unless I have a a subscription. And I don't want to get one, so I'm not going to. Okay, so anyway, it was on um, April 6th, and it was, Said News, Lewiston, Auburn, Maine mom allegedly kept in dog cage for five-day drive, Sioux County Transport Company. So if you want to go in there and look, maybe they'll let you in for a few articles of their great biased news, and you can look at it if you're interested in that. They lose. I always say, you know, we're driving, we're driving traffic to them, and they want us to pay for it when they're not showing the conservative side. They're showing just the liberal side. So, oh, well. Um, I don't have any idea who this was about, but Rock Holdings, Quicken Loans, uh, it's probably a judge or somebody, an investigator or something, so I don't know. I'll have to find out who that is because I forgot to write down who it was. I put, by taking money, this is what I wrote for a note. By taking money from Rock Holdings, which is now Quicken Loans, she could possibly rule favorably or be involved in legislation that could positively impact the company. She should not be accepting any donations from a company she's tasked with overseeing. Who the heck is it I'm talking about? I have no idea. Maybe it was one of the new women that's been appointed or um, something in Washington. I don't know. Forgot to write whose name it was. 
Um, we're still having the raging problem with the ranked choice voting in Maine. The Secretary of State thinks that we should have it ready for our June elections. He wants to have the ballots all ready for this, and I don't know how he would have the equipment ready by June, but anyway, to count two or three times until they get more than 50% for a candidate and decide that that is the winner rather than the normal way we've been voting, which is the person with the most votes wins. I'm against ranked choice voting. I think it, it can allow losers to win, and I don't like that. I won't be voting if we have ranked choice voting. I consider it to be a disenfranchisement of voters, not to make the vote more valuable, but to actually keep some people's votes from counting at all, which is true, because they will be their ballots will be exhausted, as they call it, used up, or they will fill them out wrong if they don't want three choices or whatever they plan to do. Um, It's a way to trick people, and I don't think it's straightforward. I don't like the idea of it. And I, it, right now it's with our main Supreme Court, and I'm hoping that they make a decision to say that they cannot do this because at this point it would be rushed. It's against our Constitution, which says that we have not a majority but um, plurality, which is – I think that's how it goes. I get the words mixed up sometimes. One of them is it has to be more than 50%, and one of them is just the most votes. So, um, yeah, I think it's plurality is the one that we have, which is that it's whoever gets the most votes wins. And let's see, what else? So we've got that going on. Um, we have, uh, I'm telling you some more things that were from the Bangor Daily News since I'm not giving you the links. Um, the little girl that was murdered, 10-year-old girl that was murdered, beaten to death by her family, her mother and father. Um, that case has been obviously in a lot of people's minds because it's unbelievable how many times this little girl was um, looked at, I should say, reported or whatever. People were concerned and then nobody did anything. Uh, apparently, our Department of Justice... <laughs> our AG's office, maybe her, I can't remember if it was her or somebody in her office, but they obtained um, education records from New York that they were not entitled to, and so um, there's some impropriety there. Big surprise. Dottie will tell you how how up in, up in uh, what do you call that, upright, honest, wonderful attorney general we have in our state who is now running for governor. Um, but I just don't have a high opinion of her. But anyway, the, the attorney general's office is, has a bit of a black mark right now, and that's in the news regarding that particular case. Um, I don't know what they'll do. Maybe they'll make them throw away the information they got. I should be a judge. I'd throw it away because it was gotten in uh, an illegal way. The information was gotten in an illegal way. Um, I saw Wilhelm Reich mentioned in an article about uh, wrapping your aches and pains in aluminum foil, and I thought it was interesting because, of course, 
Wilhelm Reich has a, a museum learning center. It's kind of like a historic place in um, western Maine that we always talk about going to. Going to something in the summer out there, it's expensive though, but to go out there and just see the place would be cool. I'd love to do it, and I keep wanting to go, and I haven't gotten there yet. So, But Wilhelm Reich is uh, of interest to many of us here and also to people in Maine. So when his name showed up, I was like, yes, i got to save this. So I'm going to go get some Reynolds wrap or something, wrap it around my hands. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But apparently aluminum foil, yeah, I've seen people wrap themselves with aluminum foil before. And maybe they've got maybe there's something to it. We ought to try it out. Um, good, James. Can I? I can't go in there right now because it's telling me I've used up all my articles. I usually go in there in an incognito mode so that I can do whatever I want, but I forgot to do that, so it was telling me no. Um. Waterfront Concerts, Alex Gray, who's the promoter for Waterfront Concerts here in Bangor, and I've talked about this thing before, too. Alex Gray um, assaulted his girlfriend, banged her head into the floor until she lost consciousness. She went to the hospital. She had different things wrong with her. Her name's Erica Cole. She wrote an open letter to Portland and um, mentioned Bangor, I think, in it. I don't know. I can't remember now the entire wording of the letter, but she talked about her experience and how um, the city of Portland should not be doing business with Alex if they're really serious about domestic abuse. And she told her story, basically. So it revitalized the story again. Uh, The three women that we have on our Bangor City Council who are graduates of this program called Emerge Maine, which I've talked about before, too. It's like a political activism group that teaches women how to go and be in public office. And I don't think it's just in Maine. I think these groups exist in a lot of places. It's a progressive type of thing. Um, Well, these three women decided to give their opinion. They wrote something for the Bangor Daily News, and it brought interest again to say, let's break our ties with Alex Gray. Well, Alex Gray has a 10-year contract now with the city. And so the city the city of Bangor, so they're saying, well, we can't break the contract. It re, you know, it it would affect people's jobs, it affects the economy, blah 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 blah. So they've been going around about that again. And it's just, you know, they knew that he had a likelihood to have a negative impact when they signed the 10-year contract. So now they're trying to play catch-up, basically. It's kind of ridiculous. But I don't know what will happen with that. I don't know. But I thought I'd mention that in case you're interested in that kind of stuff. I think that it's like with a lot of things. They are willing to talk about it till the cows come home, but they're not going to do a darn thing. They're just going to tell you that, that they care, they're concerned, but they won't do anything. I'm sure the waterfront concerts will go on as scheduled because it's millions of dollars. 
the thing I think that irks a lot of people is that Alex Gray is standing up there like he's some kind of, you know, conquering hero or something. Everybody should just bow down to him. He's one of those types of, you know, larger-than-life people, and it's because of wealth. He's rich. So, you know, there's people that that impresses them. Um, I have a video of the Rhode Island State House, which was a protest that went on there. I don't know if this has a date on it. Let me see if this has a date on it. Click. March 10th. So it was a ways back, but I don't. I think I saw it later than that. I don't think this is something I kept since March 10th, but. And it was posted March 10th. It actually happened on on March 6th, I think. So if you didn't see this yet, it might give you a little hope that there's still some people around that are doing things to protect our rights, not just in um, not just nearby, but other states. I I don't see too much going on other places other than New England, though. I'd like to see some activities elsewhere, not just New England. Um, This one, here's another YouTube video. This is a really short one. It's called The Uncanny Valley and Art Making as Forging Evidence. And it's a video showing the potential of making things appear to be something else using CGI. And um, it's just, I thought it might be interesting to people who like looking at technology and how, um, you know, we can be fooled. So this had actually some faces on it. And um, um, let's see, faces being manipulated with CGI. I found it interesting to watch it anyways. It's really short, so it won't take you long. But you can see like how they put somebody else's face on it, move the head and everything, and it looks like they're actually moving when they used it, like they layered something over it. Um, we're going to have to really be paying a lot of attention because I'm telling you, some of this stuff looks so real. And you know it just from the movies, like I said. You know it when you watch a movie, how real things look when they're not. I knew it from a young age, and it was because my father worked in broadcasting, like I said, and he was interested in it. So he used to show us how they would simulate different things, like on the radio before TV even started, how they would make it sound like thunder and lightning using a large sheet of metal, like sheet metal, and they'd make it sound like thunder. He had all kinds of different things he used to show us like that. Um, and he was interested in, in um, always interested in technology and teaching about it. And so when we were little kids, we already knew about green screens. When we were little, like elementary school, we knew about green screens. Nobody would know what the heck we were talking about if we said that. It's like, oh, he's standing in front of a green screen. What is that? Well, most of us would recognize, you know, most people in the public would recognize a green screen is the, um, like the weatherman standing in front of the big map and stuff. 
they are look they look like they're looking at the map, but they really aren't. They're looking off to the side at their monitor because they're pointing at things on a green screen. And if you saw them in real life, you'd see that there's nothing behind them. It's it's like a projection. It's a way that they can make it look like something else. And you know, when somebody's standing in front of the White House and they are standing out there and the wind's blowing, you can see the trees are blowing, but their hair's not blowing, or you can see the edges around the person standing there, you realize they're using a green screen so they can make a backdrop without having to be there on the scene. Um, and uh, like Desert Pete says, he's made these backdrops, so he knows that uh, they can look very realistic. You'd swear they're there. They're standing right there, but yet people don't seem to notice them. It's very odd. <laughs> yeah, Dad would always point out that stuff to us so we'd see it. <clears throat> um, the, plum, the plum book, I think they're calling it. The plum book. This is something that people are talking about in the last couple weeks also. The plum book, I believe, relates to the people who are in the senior executive service. Um, and I'm not sure. I wrote some notes on that, too, somewhere, but I don't know where they are. Um, so if anybody sees anything that actually says it's that and has who all these members are, because there's thousands of them, I'd really love to see it, because I want to know who in Maine is in senior executive service. I'm sure we have some, because we have a lot of people in Maine who either are or have been powerful in um, some of the shenanigans going on. And... I just want to know if I know any of them because I wouldn't mind saying something to somebody directly. It wouldn't bother me a bit. Um, you know, like what the heck did you think you were doing? But if you hear somebody talking about the plum book, I believe that's what they're calling it. Um, and also Council on Foreign Relations, you know, those are some people that are from all different kinds of corporations, entities, communication companies, banks, etc. Those are the people I'd like to keep my eyes on. All right, that's the end of my links. Now, what was the other thing? I was oh, I was going to tell you the Bangor Daily News stuff, but I can't go in there right now. So, what was the other thing? Um Maybe it was, oh, I know what it was. It was, uh, got to go get it. It's a listening one. It's not very long, but it was uh, one of the <clears throat> representatives towards the end of the hearing yesterday was Zuckerberg, and it was really a good one. And I forgot to do it when I was talking about Zuckerberg, so I'm going to do it now before I forget. Oh, and also, here's another one that I wanted to mention. The Justice Department has handed over all the documents requested by the House Intelligence Committee after Representative Devin Nunes threatened to impeach FBI Director Christopher Wray and Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein over the delay. So if you're wondering if anything's going on, I bet that wasn't talked about much in the news either. Diamond and Silk, they have had uh, contact from Facebook through Twitter, and they said they'll let us know later what's going on. 
So that was good movement towards something, uh, probably because of the scrutiny that's going on with Facebook. Okay, I'm going to play this. And then Desert Pete, I guess if you're wanting to call in tonight, it would be a good time to call in after this, if you can. All right, let me get to the beginning of this and turn the sound on. Whoops. Stop going. Things going when I don't want it to. Okay, I'm ready to do this. So if you can't hear it, let me know and I'll play it again. It's very short. Diamond and Silk? That is Diamond and Silk, two biological sisters from North Carolina. I might point out they're African-American. And their content was deemed by your folks to be unsafe. Uh, so, you know, I don't know what type of a picture this is. It was taken in a police station or what in a lineup, but apparently they've been deemed unsafe. Diamond and Silk have a question for you. And that question is, what is unsafe about two black women supporting President Donald J. Trump? Congressman, nothing is unsafe about that. Uh, the specifics of, of this situation, I, um, I'm not as up to speed on as, as I uh, probably would be. Well, you, you have, have, have 20,000 employees, as you said, to check content. And I would suggest, as good as you are with analytics, that those 20,000 people use some analytical research and see how many conservative websites have been pulled down and how many liberal websites. One of our talk show hosts at home, Nick Reed, this morning on the radio said that if Diamond and Silk were liberal, they'd be on the late-night talk show circuit back and forth. They're humorous. They have their opinion. Not that you have to agree or that I have to agree, do agree, don't agree with them. But the fact that they're conservative, and I just remember, if you don't remember anything else from this hearing here today, remember, we do nothing and we overreact. Gentlemen. And we're getting ready to overreact, so I would suggest you go home and review all these other things people have accused you of today. Get with your good team there behind you. So you're the guy to fix this. We're not. You need to save your ship. You need to save your ship. That was a really good one. It was very powerful. Um, and at the very end of the hearing, too, I forgot to mention, the chairman mentioned all of the different letters that had come in uh, gave a list of the different letters that had been submitted. And at the very end, somebody handed him one more, and it was something, some association that had Negro women in the title of it. And uh, I thought, yep, because people were saying that Diamond and Silk needed to do something about the fact that they'd been uh, demonetized and um, their message taken down. And... Um, I heard them interviewed yesterday on Howie Carr, and they did a really good job um, talking about it. They were saying that, uh, well, Diamond was saying that she really took it to heart, she said, because to be called unsafe to the community was a big blow to them um, as far as why would somebody say they were unsafe to the community. And then Silk also spoke, and she said um, it's a hard thing to erase once it's been done. It's like it, it puts a stigma and a label on you, and how do you get back from that when somebody has done that? It's like being condemned in a way. And so they've been contacted, so hopefully they'll be able to get back on and people will be able to watch them again. So 
Okay, so Desert Pete's here. I'm going to shut my mouth for a few minutes if I can and drink some water because I've been talking a long time, and we'll see what's going on out there with Desert Pete. Hi, Desert Pete. Yeah, don't ever shut your mouth while I'm on, on the air. i got to know that you're there. <laughs> i got to know somebody yeah. who's listening. <laughs> I'll go, uh, uh, yeah, you'll hear me coughing because I'm really dried out now. Yeah. Uh yeah, diamond and silk. Calling them unsafe for community standards—that—that's insane. That's totally insane. That's uh, that's this artificial intelligence we were chatting about earlier in, in tonight's program. Is uh, I don't uh, even know if they're using the artificial intelligence yet. I'm not clear on that. But he was talking about it, so maybe they are. Oh, the, Facebook and Google are both using it. Uh, okay. in, in various uh, uh, levels, but but the the very idea of artificial intelligence that's just a marketing term, trying to say, oh, my computer software is is so powerful you can't even challenge it because it's intelligent. Hogwash, totally. Yeah, well, hogwash. the thing is that he sat there. How many times did he say we don't want to do any harm? We don't want to have harm. It's like, come on, people. I sit, I sit there sometimes, and I, and suddenly seeing some dog that's been tormented and is bleeding all over the place, you know, or I see this kind of thing, which they did cause harm to them. It causes harm to me when I don't get the information that I'm looking for that I'm used to having, because they're just suddenly gone. I think that he needed to stop saying about how they didn't want to cause harm to people, because that was ridiculous. He, they are causing harm. They affected the elections, if you think about it, because they kept certain people from being able to do their advertising. That's just as bad as what happened to Dottie, where her stuff didn't get mailed. Yeah, you know? well, <laughs> trying not to sound like, like guest six earlier that, that Jameskin was laughing at, uh, Zuckerberg is a Talmudic Jew. His Jew, his His religious beliefs are so repugnant and obvious to what he's doing to his business it's offensive to everybody i think he's cold as ice honestly i think he's very cold he'll probably uh, blo- block me off facebook now because i said stuff but well <laughs> numerous other people uh, jeff rents the other night was commenting that he, he he looks and sounds exactly like data on on star trek yeah i saw that comparison made and yeah absolutely it's all robotic. Yeah. The whole thing is robotic and thought through. Which implies that he has no soul and no compassion uh-huh. for humanity. And, uh, well, I'm sorry to say, that's the Talmudic uh, better-than-thou attitude on, on all of humanity. And uh, uh, it it just ain't right. Uh, there, there was a, a video that uh, Jim Stone linked to. I'm sorry I can't put any important links up tonight because I'm I'm mixed between two computers. My my computer that had all my important bookmarks on it had a a serious crash on, on Firefox and it took out five years of bookmarks. I'm ashamed oh. of myself for not backing them up during the last five years, but I've lived through a rather crazy five years here. Yeah. And uh some things just didn't get backed up that should have been. But uh, uh, Jim Stone uh, mentioned something just a few days ago uh, of a uh, 
comment uh, of a documentary on artificial intelligence, and and Elon Musk, despite my disagreements with him on a few other things, he was uh, rather eloquent on on that topic in stating that uh, that a computer has no soul, has no compassion, and it only looks at accomplishing a goal. Yep. And he says that's the same as if we're building a road and there's an anthill in the way. It's not that humans have anything against ants. It's just that we're building a road. Yeah. Sorry, Mr. Ant, you built your hill in the wrong spot. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's exactly how a, a, a computer looks at humanity is is it has a goal to accomplish, and if humans get in the way, so what? That's like the UN Agenda 2030. Sorry, this is our plan. You don't fit it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, it's 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 a holier than than thou attitude, and uh, yeah. and that goes right back to the Talmud. Yeah. Uh, somebody pointed out something else from the Talmud I hadn't heard before. It's actually taught in that horrible demo, horrible demonic book that. If you learn of a man with a large family dying who is a Gentile, you are to go to one of the remaining family members and claim that that man owed you money, whether he did or not. And they will have no way to prove otherwise. Uh, That is demonic. Uh, That that is is no compassion. That's utter ravaging and pillaging of, of, of all others. And it's disgusting. Um, anyway, getting back to, to more contemporary And see, stuff. the thing is that if that is something that people actually are doing, who would think of that? I would never think of doing something like that. No. So apparently the honesty thing isn't in there. It's only the taking advantage thing. That's it, entirely. Uh and and that leads into Bolshevism and you know, all the other crazy spinoffs. And and the the theologian Michael Hoffman has uh, has just pointed out so much of the outrageousness of, of the teaching in the Talmud yeah. is is so disgusting that it's he says it's it's identical to Hitler's Aryan race doctrine. There's no difference. Better than the rest of the world, we we only us can control the rest of the world, and uh, and it's it's astonishing that they that their their mind controllers and spin doctors manage to uh, uh, claim claim as if Hitler was the only person with that asinine uh, uh, mental theology uh, when when the the Talmudic Jews are the ones that are practicing it in in reality. I mean, just well, there's a lot of people who aren't that are doing the same. So whether they're being influenced, I don't know, but they're doing the same. Yeah, but just yeah. look at the the most racist country on the planet is Israel. Uh, South Africa is is coming up a close second with its uh, killing off of white farmers. Uh, but that now you have to bring up kind of an IQ issue down there. But uh, anyway, I'm, I'm jumping all over the planet here. Dottie is asking if you don't like rents. If I don't like rents. You do like rents, don't you? I listen to him. I sure don't agree with everything, but, uh, I mean, he has an astrologist on every other Friday, and that goes completely against my doctrine. Uh, But uh, 
it's it's kind of a I almost sympathize with the guy. He he appears to have been horribly unlucky in romance. Uh I never knew anything about his personal life until Henry Macau just went off the deep end with a uh, a personal attack on rents and and personal things of his life came out that really none of us had any business knowing. Like he had been married and divorced more times than Zsa Zsa Gabor. Uh, It means nothing to me other than the guy is so unlucky in romance. He should have given up after the third or fourth try. Uh, But uh, so, yeah, there's probably things like that and and what was going on that caused that. I don't know. But His show at least preaches a family value aspect, and I have to go along with at least what he's saying on his show. I think she thought you were talking about him when you were talking about Zuckerberg. Oh, no, I said it was uh, Jeff Rents made the observation of Zuckerberg. Oh. Uh, sounding and looking like uh, like Data from Star Trek. Has Has he ever had Zuckerberg on his show to interview, do you know? Uh, no. I don't think very many people have ever talked to him anyway. He came up to, to, I don't know what that was, that loud noise. Sometimes a radio goes by a taxi or something. Are you still there? Nope, he's gone. I'm sure he'll be back. Anyway, um... Zuckerberg and his wife came up to Maine one time and, and, uh... We're traveling around talking to people. I think he was thinking he was going to run for president or something. I don't think that'll work out very well. We just need to keep picking off all these people that think they're going to be president. Any global controllers that that want to have all that power are going to have to think twice because people are paying attention now, so it's not going to be such an easy thing for them anymore to just sail in there with some uh, name recognition and money and take over the world. So sorry about that, Desert Pete. You disappeared in a loud noise. It was a weird noise. I uh I wasn't touching anything and suddenly clicked my line goes dead. Uh, well what I heard in my I don't know if the people listening heard it, but it sounded like when a taxi goes by and the radio interferes on headphones or something, you can hear part of the transmission. That's uh-huh. what it sounded like to me. And I thought it was me at first, and then I looked, and you were gone. I said, "No, he's gone." So well, I don't know. Maybe it was maybe it was my connection. We we didn't have any mysterious aircraft flying over here at the moment. So. Oh, I had sent. I don't know what day it was, but I sent a message to um, Field and asked him about AWACS. I said, "I've seen the big ones before, but are there small ones? What day was it? I don't know if I wrote it down." Yeah, there Little are. ones, like small ones, the size of net jets. Uh, I saw yeah. one. Yeah, there are. I'd never seen one before. I was re- very shocked. We were over having a, a little break. Sometimes we go over and sit near the airport, and we saw this plane taking off as we were leaving, and I said, what is that? Because it had an odd shape. It looked so funny, the the angle we were seeing it at. I said, what the heck is that? So we watched it. And as it went by us, as it was taking off, it had one of those communication things on the top of it. And I said, 
are you kidding me? You know, like. Yeah, the uh, the small ones are the ones that land on aircraft carriers. It was uh, tiny, and I was like, holy cow, what is going on? And he says, my boyfriend says to me, he says, maybe somebody's traveling, and it's true. Maybe they were, because they probably use those when they have some big wig traveling, too. So they have communication. Yeah. Yeah. Well, our air traffic. Well, the problem I've I've mentioned on a few prior shows it's continuing this week. I I saw another Air Force F-16 flying right down our our valley here, and this is Navy airspace. What's the Air Force doing over here? So they're they're trading things off. But then I saw in the news that uh, uh, an F-16 flying out of uh, Nellis had uh, crashed last week. Yeah, there's been some crashes again. Yeah. And, I think uh, they're having a hissy fit because their little power structure is getting taken down here and there, and they don't know what to do next. Yeah, okay, this is uh, jumping over to Able Danger Day. Did you happen to tune in for any part of today's Able Danger? I didn't have time to do it, so the, no, I didn't. Did yeah. you? Because if if you're like me, you'd, you might tune in and listen to Field Talk, and you don't have time to log into the chat. And the chat no, board, good grief, back on, on Monday's, I forget which day it was, I tried to get into the chat, and Google wouldn't let me in. I was there Monday. Well, the, the, there was one of the days that uh, uh, Google said uh, you have to be elevated to a higher level and you need to talk to Field McConnell at this link. And I clicked oh. on it, and suddenly it wanted me to install a long list of software, and I thought, I'm not putting No, that's not a field thing. No. That was probably a trick. It was on the, the standard chat board run by Google, and I had just logged in with, with the same user password I had always used, and suddenly mm-hmm. it wanted even more. Oh, and it wanted my Facebook login in order to get the software that I needed. Yeah, see, the thing is, that was one of the things they brought up at the hearings, too, is how many places are those Facebook buttons? How many websites are you connected to? In other words, we know it's not just Facebook. They're they're into all these other networks, too. They're in, I, I call it collusion. They're in collusion with all of them. Well, it is, totally. And it, it's it's just like the total information awareness thing, you know, whatever. It's like, yeah. we're going to control that message for you, well, so you don't have to. Here's the other thing I, I tried to bring to Field's attention, and he didn't understand me at first, was uh, uh, abledanger.org. I saw that uh, uh, our illustrious webmaster there, uh, sorry, I forget his name, uh, uh, Craig Peterson, uh, had uh, Google AdSense on there, and I was seeing Google inserting ads inserting ads with extremely misleading catchphrases. Yep. And I tried to bring that to Field's attention. I said, look, we just let the camel's nose under the tent. If you're placing Google AdSense on on the Able Danger page, that means anybody who goes to abledanger.org, you're now going to get cookies planted on your computer by Google. Oh. And Google will now know everybody on the planet that has ever looked at abledanger.org. Yeah. Um, that, uh, as far as revenue, 
somebody talked me in back when I was naive on the topic to, oh, you got to put Google AdSense in your page. Look at all the money you can make. You know, right. So I naively put planted their code on a lot of my pages on, on my website. And year after year after year went by. It's over five years now. It might be up to seven or eight years of, of having planted all those sneaky little codes on, on one page after another. And I go to my account and, uh, oh, at, uh, at a penny a click, you have only earned uh, in the last five years $85 and we don't cut checks for less than $100. Yeah. Uh, excuse me, our water company just threatened to turn off our water because we were late on a $34 bill. A $34 bill gets your water turned off, which causes the county to to condemn your house. Uh, I better oh, they, pay it. They're playing all kinds of games like that. I just know that I better pay a $34 bill when it's asked of me, but Google can let $85 drag on for five years and not pay a dime. Asinine thieves. Uh, plus, they're planting uh, cookies on anybody who looks at my site. What can I yeah. say? Uh <laughs> Uh, so anyway, I tried to pass that that information on on to Field and and to pass it on to to Craig, but I haven't gone back to AbleDanger.org to see if they've gotten rid of it yet. But uh, oh. it, it's got no business there because they're not earning enough revenue from that to to pay for anything. Uh, if we just got a, a solid real advertiser. Well, I went to Yahoo Mail today and was confronted with a uh, agreement page saying that basically they could, you know, share all my information and everything. Probably because of the Facebook thing coming out. Yeah. I think that they're trying to go back and correct things because they probably have already been doing all that. Because obviously Yahoo is Yahoo Mail is connected to the Yahoo news sites, and I have like. Um, three different Yahoo mails. One of them I don't look at hardly at all. I don't even know if it still exists. Um, I used it to open up something back in the old days. I used a name to open up some website or something because I didn't want to connect it to my own name. Well, now the two that I do actually look at, one of them is the one that I use for this, which is gingercookie87 at yahoo.com. I can't give that out anymore because I'm not sure I'm going to agree to their terms of service, so I may not ever go there again. The other one is my own name at my uh, Internet provider email. Um, and then I have my own sort of name. It's kind of a coded name, you know, like people do. It's abbreviated and stuff at Yahoo. So I've got two of them that are that are active at Yahoo. And I noticed not that long ago that they had combined the two of them together. So, like, if I sign into one, it signs me into both. It's like they already know that it's the same person. See, they've changed their their back back room programming or whatever to capture anything from the same IP address or however they did it. So I'm like, well. What if I lived in a house with ten people? It doesn't mean that I want them all into my email. How do they know it's me? Yeah. Just because it's from the same place? I mean, at school I would have had like different people signing into their emails and things on the library computer, 
wouldn't mean they were all mine and they should all be opened because one person signed in. I don't know I don't know what these companies think they're doing, but all it's going to do is make people stop using them. They'll they'll just say I'm not using it at all. I'll go back to the old ways. I'll send somebody a letter in the mail with a stamp on it and you know, wait 3 days or whatever it takes to get there. But, or call them on the phone, a regular phone landline where they have to get a wiretapping warrant instead of just sitting there listening to your Alexa or whatever it is. <laughs> Tell me a story, right? <laughs> I mean, really, it was supposed to help us. It wasn't supposed to enslave us. Uh, Technology drives me absolutely nuts now. I just can't stand it. Somebody anyway. asked Alexa about chemtrails, and she actually <laughs> gave an accurate answer. <laughs> I, I laughed so hard when I saw that. I saw that this morning. And somebody said it's not true because they have one. I mean, I don't have a way to test it because I wouldn't get near one of those things. I oh. feel like I have to ask friends when I go in their house, do you have anything that's listening, right? <laughs> of course they do. Well, but. then if if somebody different is getting a different answer, that proves it's the Google artificial intelligence algorithm working again for just as Google gives all of us custom searches and Google only shows us what what they think we want to see that's why I've I've chewed field out several times saying quit telling people to Google this and Google that you're all getting custom searches yeah Joe A yeah Joe A is not going to get the same results as Joe B yeah. With with Google. Uh, Do you remember when he said one time that what he said what he wanted to be remembered for was uh, Google seeding or something like that? He yeah. wanted to be able to he wanted to be known for the fact that he had put all these uh, search terms into everything that they wrote and did, so that no matter what you typed, you were going to get able danger. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was pretty funny. Well, what Field doesn't seem to understand <laughs> is. He is seeing a custom search designed for Field McConnell. That's right. And when the rest of us put those terms in, we aren't necessarily going to get the same answer. Yeah. That's 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 scary. Well, um, I don't think people get the idea of the dynamic nature of anything with computers. They don't get it. I've tried to explain that to people for several years, and they just look at me like, what are you talking about? I'm like, it's dynamic, meaning it changes. It changes. I could go look right now, and I'll see an article, and I could go there in five minutes, and it's nowhere to be found. Mm -hmm. I said, you've got to take it when you see it. If you see something important, you better save it if you can. Not a link to it, but the actual thing, because when you go back, it may not be there anymore. The whole site might be down. Oh, the... the that just hit me like a ton of bricks when when I had found something. It won't bore you with the whole story. It was just something that was linked back to the town in Illinois I grew up in that I found yeah. something kind of fascinating. The and oh, that's something I could use today. And so I, I bookmarked it and planned to okay when when I'm ready to buy such and such an item, I'll go back there and I, I can help my old my old friends from my old hometown. Yeah. Yeah. That bookmark was in one of the five years that just got vaporized and I thought okay I kind of remember the keywords I was using when I found it initially so I'll just go back and search again yeah they're all gone yeah Uh, no search term I used came up with anything close to what I was trying to find and 
and I wasn't even using Google, which which I already know changes. I, I was trying this with Bing and several others, and and no, the the the, the keywords I was using just did not find what I wanted. And I went several pages down on their options and it's just gone. I'm thinking, oh, shucks. I remember back when we first had the Internet and we were, um, well, the Internet as far as publicly used, and we were trying to you know, teach people how to do searches and, and find the things they wanted because, of course, back then everything was just like a free-for-all. It was like just... We used to call it like the uh, ant hill. We said, "Stop trying to think of it as something organized. It isn't. It's like an ant hill. Everything's going everywhere, and maybe it'll get to you." And they couldn't even understand what packets were. I would try to tell them the reason why it's taking so long is because all the packets aren't here. And they're like, "What are you talking about the packets?" I said, "Because they're little bits of information rather than a whole bunch at once. It goes, it recollects itself at the other end." And they just look at me like, "What are you talking about?" I said. That's what it is. That's why it looks like this. You've got half a picture because it's not all here yet. That was dial-up days or whatever. I don't know. But we would teach them, like, um, this was college-level people that I was tutoring on AOL back then. And I said, um, what you need to do is you're almost like back then, instead of search terms, like we say search terms now, we put words in or whatever, and they have to be spelled right because the computer doesn't know that you don't know how to spell although they have fixed some of that stuff. They do give you suggestions. But in the old days, at the beginning of it, if you spelled it wrong, you weren't getting anything. It just wasn't going to match anything because it was wrong. Right. And we would write sometimes two or three sentences of what we wanted because it would take the search terms out of it somehow. And you might get something really obscure from some <laughs> odd place that you never thought you were going to go with the computer, and I loved some of that stuff because it wasn't pre-digested. It was just something that it found, and I found more stuff for people. My gosh, they would be doing, you know, they'd be doing like a paper on some person that was famous in some town, and we'd write like two or three sentences in the search box, and up would pop like a picture of the tombstone in a cemetery in the town and it would have some facts on the tombstone and that stuff just isn't happening now because they're they're making sure that certain things show up first or that you have to ask for it just right or it's on the hundredth page of the searches and the previous 90 page, 99 pages were all the same reference because it was all these different media sites it's just not the same anymore. Very hard to find things that you want because of that. Um, you know, try looking up that Parkland High School down there in Florida. And the only thing you're really going to find is the incident that occurred there for page after page after page, identical articles pretty much from the wire services or whatever. You won't find other cool things about the school like maybe the grade levels or whatever, you know, things that don't relate to the event. So I usually try to, if I'm looking for something like that, I'll usually try to go to the very last search page and work backwards. <laughs> you know, the, the farthest one you can find, and you'll find some really cool stuff that way. Oh, well. 
James Kinskill, why would I use Google? I don't, James Kinskill. Uh, that's what I'm preaching tonight. It's, uh, I, well, DuckDuckGo or... Uh, oh, he's uh, saying you still have your folder there, your bookmark folder. Uh, my Firefox browser does not even open, much less try to find the bookmark code in it. Uh, mm -hmm. Firefox just mm -hmm. did a serious, well, blue screen of death on me. And uh, Oh, I thought you said Google as well. Maybe you said it and didn't mean that, because I thought, why is he using that instead of Firefox? Oh, I... Um, I no, I, uh, okay. Google is Google Chrome, Chrome is a browser. Yeah. No, I haven't used that one since uh, I don't know when. Uh, and Google is uh, I, when I refer to Google, I'm referring to their search engine, which is accessible from <clears throat> from a lot. Yeah, of but I think when you said about losing your bookmarks, I think you said Google then. Because I was thinking, why isn't he using Firefox? I thought he used Firefox. I I did, and it's it's just completely dead dead in the water on my uh, on what has been my my main nine year old computer. So I'm I'm chatting tonight on on my five year old workstation. I wonder what happened to it. That's uh, weird. It it won't even open. Oh, uh, it 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 bit itself so bad in the butt. So. Uh, Will your computer work otherwise? Can you do a new that, um, a new Firefox version? This is where I'm scratching my head. Uh, I had two programs do a serious crash at the same time, and Firefox mm -hmm. was one, which, as you know, it's a browser and has to access the Internet to work. The other was my, uh, my Windows Live email program, where I control all my different email addresses. That one had a serious crash, and when it finally when i finally got it to come back to life now this is really weird it's allowing me to look at some people's email but not everybody's and it's allowing me to reply to some people but not everybody i've never seen it do that before and windows live is part of the operating system now I think God is intervening. The few people I've absolutely had to correspond with recently still seem to be working. But why can't I even open the email from other people? If I try to, it just goes into the the spinning wheel and then uh close program. So uh I need a new computer. That that's real obvious. Well, James can says he can fix it. So I don't know if he means he can tell you where it is or what, but uh, if he can fix it, that would be pretty darn awesome. Well, my nephew had to go into my computer about a week ago, and uh, we had a like a power outage. We had a really heavy-duty windstorm in the middle of the night that that was like something out of the hell tunnels or something. I mean, it was horrible and scary. But it put the put the power off for about an hour here in the middle of the night. And when I got up in the morning, my computer came on, but my um, modem and router would not come on. They would not let me on the Internet. So he came in through a remote uh, program that he uses and did some different things to my settings and got it working again. <laughs> my nephew does that for a living. He's very, very good. 
So um, he told me the next time to make sure I do my modem first to make sure it's all the way up and then do my router because I must have done it at the same time and I did something to garble things. I don't know what I did exactly, but... Oh, no end of challenges on... on well, that's why... Uh, uh, Leo Laporte, the old uh, uh, computer, uh, the guy who's been talking computers for years, he get, he always referred to it as the, the personal confuser. <laughs> yes. How he exactly. uh, described them. Uh, yeah. I've been mentioning ants several times a night in different contexts. Uh, jumping back a year, I was laughing with everybody here on the show how I had an ant hill in my backyard that had had accidentally planted a heart-shaped uh, group of flowers around the anthill. And so yep. I got pictures of it and sent it up to a few of the people here. Uh, that was so unique, I intentionally watered it with garden hose water, trying to get those particular plants to live longer than the rest of the yard. But oddly enough, they all died about the same time. So I guess they just had a DNA that said, this plant only lives so long and it turns brown and dies. Oh. Uh, that that was the only thing I did unique to it was that I watered it with garden hose water. Uh, this year, the anthill is still there, but there's no flowers. Nothing sprouted this year. Nothing. Wow. That whole area around the anthill is dead. And now I'm beginning to wonder... How safe is garden hose water? <laughs> Could be that they were annuals. Were they annuals that you planted? Uh, I didn't plant them. The the ants oh. did, and okay. it, it was just an accidental wind blew in, and the ants carried the seeds over, and I guess they chewed off the husks and put the rest there, and it happened to sprout, and that's just the way it happened that year. But this year, nothing is sprouting there. Hmm. It's it's like I had poisoned all the ground there. Uh, I don't know what's going on here, other than maybe it's time for me to move. <laughs> I keep wanting to, but but my business adventures are banging their head against a wall, which, which leads to another topic for the night. Um, you think we have corruption in this country? A, uh, the fellow who tutored me on corporate strategy before I, I set up my own corporation uh, gave me some wise advice. He said, uh, don't ever go offshore unless you have more money than you know what to do with because you have no idea what expenses you're going to encounter yeah. <laughs> dealing, dealing with another country. Okay, yeah. well. I wouldn't want to get stranded somewhere where I don't live. Well, Fools rush in where angels fear to tread, and and I've kind of gotten involved in one international venture that I've I've checked out, and I've gotten at least double confirmation on on its validity. So I am, I'm not following a, a Nigerian print scheme scam. Um. Well, I I wasted 45 minutes of Uda's time the other night telling you the problems I have with Western Union and 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 MoneyGram, so I, I won't waste your time again on that, but when I was simply sending a bank wire from my <laughs> own bank, uh, nobody told me that, it, that I was sending money into a personal account. 
how it reached the right person. My bank did their job, and the person that I was sending it to was honest and applied it where it was supposed to go. The trouble is, it was a personal account, and any money coming into a bank account in that country automatically has income tax extracted from it before you can remove anything. Suddenly, it was short a few dollars. Thank you, that local government. A little further research, I found out that the head of the bank being used coincidentally has the same last name as the president of that country, and that both of them grew up in the same town. And the president of that country, his background before he got involved in politics was banking. Do you smell anything funny with this story? <laughs> yeah, I, it's just, it's like too uh, common. The stuff is too common. Yeah, I, I don't want to go any further. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm going to sound like more a bigger fool than, than I am. But uh, 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 anyway, the, the world is so full of, of outrageous corruption, you can't even begin to make a list of it. Uh, anyway, so, so getting back to Able Danger today, uh, they got into a serious discussion of, of of the validity of Jason Goodman versus this new guy, Douglas, somebody from, uh, what is it, American Intelligence Media Group? Yeah, that's one yeah. of the ones I was talking about earlier. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, I don't know. My two cents was this: uh, this guy from AIM is really a smooth talker, and uh, sounds really intelligent. And if if the points he's making are true, he may have clarified some matters that I've been confused on for years myself. Since, as we all know, listening to Abel Danger's uh talk shows uh is is like having somebody randomly pull out one page of an encyclopedia britannica <laughs> a day and, and you tune in and somebody else and then they pull out another random page out of encyclopedia britannica and we're all supposed to somehow or another get them in order and make a cohesive story and it's not really easy and i i admit there's still stuff that that i don't quite understand well, that guy and um, Jason Goldman. Goodman. Yeah. Goodman, sorry. Goldman's, Goodman's, Goldberg's, Sandberg's, and Zuckerberg's. I don't know. Goodman's There's an awful actually. lot of names that are similar, I notice. But anyway, yeah, Goodman, right? Like Amy Goodman. That's what I went on a whole rabbit hole thing with the Goodman names as well, trying to find yeah. out if these people are related. Um, that Jason Goodman and... That guy from AIM that goes by Thomas Paine or something, and he also has another name. It's Doug, isn't it? Doug James, something. James says Doug Gabriel and Jason. Yeah. Gabriel are the two names? Okay. Yeah, and uh, they went. They had a a feud going. I don't know if it's still going because I haven't kept up with it because feuding is just distraction to me. But anyway, they had a big fight on some show together, and and I felt that. Uh, Doug, Douglas Gabriel, if that's his name, was threatening Jason. And I thought, what the heck is this all about? I mean, come on. <laughs> you know, People who are supposedly working on the same page don't do that. 
Well, yeah. So yeah. I found that very unsettling. I did not like it, especially where I knew that Field had just been interviewing with uh, Jason, and then I heard that he'd gone over and interviewed with the other guy too, and I was thinking, oh my gosh, what is happening here? Is it just that Field will talk to anyone, or are they using him so they can, uh, you know, bash other people? I have no idea. I've tried to keep up with it because I do want to get back to that. I don't like the idea that these people are like, I call it sneaking around at the last minute. You know, they come into these places where um, you wonder if they've been sent because if if they're really serious and they're really as interested and educated as they appear to be, then where the hell have they been? I'm sorry, but where? It's not like it's been a big secret that there's stuff going on since, like, September 11th, but where are oh. they, where have they been? Exactly. I mean... And now they're here? I find that suspicious as heck. <laughs> I mean, you, Val Am, Jameskin, me, we all managed to find our way into the chat board. on April And why? Future. Because Here, we here's... noticed that things were wrong. Yeah. And uh, these people who supposedly are the big, you know, now they're going to, oh, we're going to go interview Field McConnell and give him exposure and stuff. It, it's like everything is, as we say in Maine, bass-ackward. Um, it should be the other way around, you know. Yeah, but these people aren't the knowledgeable ones. I, they, I believe they've been sent. My radar is up. I, I fully agree with you. Where was Doug Gabriel all these years? He's just popping on the scene here in the last, what, six months or less. It's like some of these people, retired military, that show up. You know, they may as well be wearing a Christine Marcy sweatshirt, in my opinion. It's like they're sent there to do something, maybe put their own own version of the truth out or something. I don't know. Okay. For for sake of diplomacy, uh, yeah, you sent me the video between Jason Goodman and and, Doug Gabriel. Oh, I did? And, okay. Uh, and I watched it. And through that whole debate, if you want to call it that, I kind of saw Jason Goodman asking the intelligent questions, and I saw Doug Gabriel was acting rather juvenile of, I know more than you do, and I won't tell you. And and basically, you're stupid, and you're putting everybody in danger yeah. because of your stupidity, and all he's doing is asking a question. But so then, I thought... Are they working together and this is like theater or is yeah, he but, seriously threatening him? But but Jason <laughs> kind of dropped his own level of respectability when he puts the, the butthead cap on, on the graphic in, in the video and, uh, and started uh, putting in other graphics in, in that video to... to <laughs> just derogatory stuff against against Doug Gabriel, and he wasn't defending his position. Now he's he's throwing dirt back at Gabriel, and uh, everything just kind of went downhill from there. Uh, other comments have said Doug Gabriel is a former Jesuit, um, and the old expression of once a Jesuit, always a Jesuit, and and once CIA, always CIA, and all these expressions they keep hearing. Uh, Growing up as a Baptist, I was taught to believe in the doctrine of repentance, that some people actually do repent and change their ways and become good people. Uh, It is possible, but there's also a lot of frauds out there. 
and the typical fraud is the politician that suddenly gets caught with his pants down, and then he suddenly gets religion, and uh, and starts using religious buzzwords and tries to fool people, even though he's still the dirty politician he always was. Uh, yeah, we all just have to use our own discernment on determining who's real and who's not. Uh, if this Doug Gabriel is an ex-Jesuit, that says a lot about his IQ right there and how he can sound so smooth. Uh, there was a popular uh, uh, Christian radio talk show host out here in California by the name of uh, Dr. Walter Martin uh, going way back in the 70s and 80s. He passed away not long ago. Uh, he was uh, a very good Protestant theologian, even though he had had uh, uh, Jesuit training in his, in his initial theology. He eventually realized what the Vatican was twisting and, and what real scripture was saying, and he became a very good teacher. So there are some good ex-Jesuits out there. Uh, I'm The only Jesuit I've ever met face-to-face was also a former Jesuit. And when I confronted him on that, uh, he said the reason he left the Jesuit order was to get married. And that was Hmm. his sole reason. Um, Did he have any other ulterior agendas? I have no idea. I never got to talk with the guy long enough to know much about him. Uh, So this once a Jesuit, always a Jesuit line does not hold water to me. I know there are exceptions to most every role. Uh, But if you do study Jesuit oaths and whatever, there are some pretty nasty ones that will carry on their nasty agenda later on and will hide behind a facade to uh, to get that agenda accomplished. So what are we seeing with Doug Gabriel? I don't know. I really don't know. I'm just as confused as anybody on this on this guy. I, I just observed that, that he's really a slick talker, uh, and maybe he, he he does have another 50 IQ points over Desert Pete, and maybe that's why he can be more eloquent. Yeah. Uh, that that could be it. Uh, and I have to jump back to my experience in Hollywood. When you when you want to bring up the topic of egos, my gracious, yeah, try working with a Hollywood celebrity. Yeah. Uh, those are egos beyond belief. But I have to admit, in some areas. Certain skills kind of have a a right to be egotistic because nobody is any better. Nobody is can do something as good as they do. Uh, I'll just say that without naming any, any specific talents, just that that some musical skills, some acting skills, performing skills are just exceptionally good. Yeah. And uh and no upstart is is going to practice 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 and get any better than them because they set the standard for uh 
for that particular talent. Yeah, some people could practice for the rest of their life and never get there. It, there's yeah. talent with people. No one wants to admit the fact that some people just have talent. And when they're little kids, they can still do it. Yeah. You know, they don't need to take lessons and all that. It's good to enhance it, but, you know, I have a friend who's an artist and, and taught art, and you, you guys met her because she came on here a few times, and she's just really different. I, I love her to pieces. But she will say there are some kids that you should leave alone. Don't give them art lessons. Leave them alone because the art lessons actually suppress their talent because you're telling them how to do things when they already, you yeah. know, they already have that artistic um, talent going on. I don't know. I feel the same way with a lot of this stuff. It's like um, you can't, well, I don't, I don't want to say, I, I I don't know how to say this exactly. I sometimes think of, of um, how amazing this whole Able Danger thing was and how we ended up together and all this stuff. And I still marvel at the fact that almost every single story that they tell Every line they talk about, every event in history, the trends, the the whole thing, I have a connection to it. And I don't know anyone else that's like that. I seriously, I I wrestle with it, whether I should tell Field some of the stuff, because it, it blows my mind. I'll be sitting there and I'll be listening to something I'm going, I know about that. I've been there. Oh my God, somebody I know worked there. I remember this incident that happened. I bet it's related to it. And I'm not nuts. It's the truth. And I'm like, so what value does that have? Um, all I can say is it's confirmation. Because really the, you know, the fact that I might know somebody that worked there or I know somebody close to that case or somebody told me something related to it that is important to me to know that I'm on the right track, et cetera, does it really matter to anybody else? Who else is going to care? Who else is going to know anything about this? Could I prove anything absolutely now, all this time later? No. But it makes it intensely interesting to me. It makes it um, makes me know that what they're talking about, they're on the right track because I know about these other things that happened or whatever. And it's, it blows my mind. I'm not kidding. It's like how could I have had all these experiences that relate to this? How uh, you know? Well, I just say God put me there. God put me there. God put I, me in the house I live in right now where I can look out the window and see um homeland security vehicles or whatever going by my house, you know. Not now, but I could. They changed some of the downtown aspects of the federal building and stuff. I don't see them as much. But I remember sitting here one day and I see five freaking Homeland Security vehicles going by my house and I'm going, what are those? They were brand new. But I live between the federal building and the airport. I see tons of stuff going on. Just now, even where I am now. But going back to my childhood, I'm serious, it's just it blows my mind. Well, maybe not as often as is occurring in your case, but I think all of us here tonight are have have some level of of similarity in uh, in acknowledging that something that we heard on Able Danger just suddenly rang true in our own personal lives, yeah. and realized, yeah, this is a group of people that knows what they're talking about, 
and yeah, like all people, we can occasionally get kind of distracted on things, but but we keep coming back to uh, to to the straight and narrow course, and uh, and even though the wind may blow us off course momentarily, it, we we still come back with on the same course and the in the same destination here. You know, so, like um, David Hawkins will be talking about New York City, and he'll be talking about the windows on the world restaurant and he'll call it the windows of the world and I always put windows on the world because if you're a researcher I'm sorry I'm sucking on an ice cube if you're a researcher you need to spell things correctly or you're going to get in the wrong place Yeah. and it seems like it's a minor thing but he says windows of the world all the time it's windows on the world restaurant how would I know that I know that because it was owned by the same company that my husband worked for. Ooh. We knew people that were there, probably, although he wasn't working for that company anymore. But in the old days, we would have known the people that were running it, managing it. Um, he would have. He's dead, so he can't tell me anything. But it was the same company. And I believe, I was just thinking today, I believe the offices for that company, the corporation, were at Rockefeller Center. So this is like a big, you know, this is not just some company. This was a big company as far as, you know, importance, corporate importance or whatever. And they owned all kinds of different things. They owned um, Mama Leone's, which was in New York City. They owned the Village Green Restaurant. They owned... um, the concessions at Cypress Gardens in Florida. They owned, um, what were the other ones? Charlie Brown Restaurants, I think. Ruby Tuesday, I believe. Um, But I would have to go back and look. They probably divested of some of these things. And the reason why I knew about this corporation was because when my husband was working, catering at the airport, they had decided to try catering. They decided to try this. They wanted to see if it was lucrative because it was a big corporation and their their focus was restaurants and theme parks. So they they um, they decided to try this. So they bought the company out there, which was owned by a different company previously, and he was there. So he was, you know, it was like they bought the company and hired everybody that was there. So he was there already. And he worked for them for however many years they owned it, and then it was sold again. So, so the company was sold to um, I don't know in what order this occurred. One of them was a management company out of which was an airline catering company out of Alabama, I believe, was the home office. And at the point when it was sold, we could have moved to Florida and worked in the area around Cypress Gardens, I guess. Um, He could have gone down there, but I didn't want to move to Florida. I wanted my kids raised in Maine, so we stayed here. So when they sold the company, he had good relationships with the other people. They probably gave him, you know, whatever he had for his retirement stuff or whatever could carry it over. I can't remember what the deal was. And he went to work for the next company that bought it. So that was company number three, right? Some of these merged, some of them changed their corporate design or whatever, but he stayed in one place. He just had these other things happening. So we had that one, and then he left and went to work doing something else, and 
um, the company was bought again. We knew other people that were still working there because obviously we'd been there a long time, 20 years, I think, he worked over there. So the next one was, um, I want to say, it's a, it's a girl's name. It's like Jeannie Marshall or something like that. It's a, it's a well-known catering company. I can't remember that. It's some name like that, Jeannie something, I think. And then Sodexo. Maybe Sodexo was first and then the other one. Have you heard them talking about Sodexo? Because they do. They talk about Sodexo, too. On the um, David Hawkins will talk about it. And I usually spell it for them the other way because there's two spellings. It was Sodexo, S-O-D-E-X-O, and S-O-D... Um, e, uh, E-X... No, E... X-H-O, I think it is. There's an H in it, and then there's what it's spelled without an H. And I don't know what the difference was, but he wasn't working there by then. But by then, I was working at a school, and I had volunteers at my school, so I had parents and people in and out that weren't working there at the school. And one of the people that was one of my volunteers, her husband worked for them, Sodexo. <laughs> so the name is in my mind because it's different. And they were running the catering at the Maine Maritime Academy. And apparently they were running, like, different types of food services in other places in Maine as well. So when they talk about it, my radar goes up because I'm thinking, okay, so they're in all these places. They're at airports. They're at uh, Maine Maritime Academy, which is, you know, they teach people how to do merchant marine work. They take ships out and stuff and teach people on the seas and everything. And that's who runs that catering. And it's a contracted type of business. Like they could lose the contract and somebody else might come in or a different company, but it's Sodexo. And that's one of those global type of corporations as well. So you've got, you know, you've got, they're talking about Serco. They're talking about, you know, all the controls and things run by Serco and I know that that used to be RCA. My father would have known about all of that stuff. And then we've got the, these other services that where you have employees that are under control in all these various places that can move around and do things and logistics and all the stuff you have to do when you have control of areas and stuff. It's not just somebody down the street that's running it. Like in the old days, it could have been just a company that was in that town could be feeding people at the school so it's very, very interesting how just one thing like that will send me right through this whole um, memory of the old days thing into remembering that somebody died on their desk. <laughs> Why? I don't know. At the time, I thought, well, that's sad. He's having his lunch break or something, and he dies on his desk. They find him dead on his desk. That's terrible. And I'm thinking, okay, what was his name? What was his name? I knew his name. I probably met him, right? And I'm like, then I know I hear about things such as these uh, things they puff in your face and you keel over and nobody even knows. Maybe they killed him with one of those puff in the face things, like supposedly they did to other people. Um, I think it was a corporate lawyer or something. 
but I don't remember exactly. I don't remember exactly, and I don't remember whose name. It's just bizarre. It, it's mind-boggling. And when was the last time that we had any connection with that corporate um, entity, that company? Probably 90, 1990, 91. Maybe before that, maybe late 80s. So they, because they got out of the airline catering, they decided they weren't making any money on that. People were, you know, they'd hijack a plane and people wouldn't want to fly anymore, so it made the bottom fall out of the, you know, made the money go away. So they, you know, my husband being the type of person he was, he was really good at business. He diversified for them so that even if something happened, there would be more money. Um, during the dry periods, and they started doing outside catering around this area and doing events and things like that, and catering like traveling military people, with, you know, hundreds of people at a time would come in, and and um, we'd feed them outside where they were camping, you know, for their trip up to Canada. We did all kinds of weird stuff like that. Who else is doing that? Who's Who's around doing something like that? There were probably a handful of us doing that. But I would have known. Like, say people were traveling through on a certain weekend, I would have known all about it, everything about it, because I was there. Just bizarre. I don't know how else to say it. You know, I met various high-level people just because they flew through and they got food know, or came to an event, and we were there. So, well, you you definitely contribute a lot to the to able danger, and and we've all thrown in little bits and pieces that that we've been exposed to. Well, like you know, it's, when they talk uh, about even the old days, like the 40s and 50s and stuff like that, I can verify that what they talk about, what they speculate about, is true. And Field says the same because he was a military kid. So he knows what was going on back then. It was something, you know, in the forefront. It wasn't like just something he heard about somewhere. That's how it was with us. We didn't, you know, people would say, well, yeah, they used to have like these drills with the duck and cover, you know, and stuff like that. We did it. We actually did it. Yeah. Because we were living next to a base. And we, all of the things that people just talked about in like generalities, we lived it. So I can tell you it actually did happen, and it was very scary to kids because I was one of them. <laughs> In the uh, the Goodman versus AIM discussion today, yeah. it was brought up of questioning why anybody would use an alias because I guess Doug Gabriel is not really his real name, and I don't know what his real name is. It doesn't sound like a real name to me. And... Uh, well, Gabriel certainly sounds Jewish to me, but uh, why would anybody want to acquire a Jewish name? <laughs> uh, I mean, the Jews keep shedding their own names to to make them sound like Gentiles. So that, that's a strange one if somebody intentionally went went, went that direction. But I uh, have no idea about the, all this stuff that people do in the background. Yeah, but, but there's a big difference between a ginger cookie or a desert peat alias versus uh, him kind of in leadership coming out 
and standing in the spotlight and claiming that this 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 and this means such and such and such and such. We're not doing that. We're we're just contributors on the sideline here. And the reason you and I kind of have to use an alias, I know in my case, I passed some information on to field that was coming from some really high level people that if they were exposed senior executive service would have taken them out immediately and uh, some of those people were were good friends and I wasn't about to expose uh, them to uh, any serious issues like that but I just knew that my sources were rock solid because they were there when such and such happened and they witnessed it and consequently that information got passed on the field and only because I'm talking to a few high level people here is why Desert Pete has to kind of hide behind Desert Pete except for a few people I've emailed who immediately know that I'm as Danish as they come <laughs> but, well like like uh, David said on Monday he said something about people he says we use our real names and everything well I understand that people use their real name and I believe in doing that and I've done that in the past I used my real name. Where did it get me? <laughs> well, it got me exposed is what it did because I am just the same way now that I've always been. I, I would ta talk to people. I would go to meetings and stand up. I'd stand on the corner and hold up a sign. wouldn't bother me a bit to go right into somebody's face and say, what the heck are you doing? You're holding up pictures of dead babies and there's little kids going by in the cars out here. I did that before. Screamed at some people that were out protesting abortion, which I'm actually against myself, but I thought that was horrible tactics. I lived near where they were protesting quite frequently, and thank goodness that clinic moved because I didn't have to see that anymore. They were It was in a fairly prominent place in Bangor. It was right on the streets, you know. I didn't complain there, but I did complain in another place where I was at a convention, and they were out front. And I went right up to these people right in their face and screamed at them, and everybody said, wow, you really, you know, let them have it. Because I don't appear to be like that to people. My friends don't think that I would do that. But I was enraged by it. I said, do you see these little kids going by in these little baby seats and these cars? Because it was like where the traffic was funneled down, so they're going by slowly. I said, they're seeing that. You're disgusting. And I just <laughs> went up one side of them and down the other telling them how disgusting they were. Yes, I believe in the First Amendment, but come on. That stuff is not decent. It's not decent to do that, no matter how you feel about it. What's next? You know, bloody guts in a tray? You're going to start bringing out the bloody guts and show that to the little kids? Because they weren't, you know, to them, they were righteous. They were righteous. It was good for them to stand there with all these pictures, life-size dead baby pictures, to show to everybody going by in traffic. It's like, yeah, yay, we're great. We love children. Sure you do. That's why you just traumatize all these kids that just went by in their baby seats in the back seat. Um, but I think that um, what happens is when you, when you do feel honest and you feel like you're justified and you can go out and argue with people in public and stuff, and instead of arguing back with you on the same level, what they do is they just take it all under advisement and come back and get you later. That's the problem right there. Or they, you know, torment somebody who has nothing to do with it. 
we've gone out of our civil society that we used to have, and now we just, you know, do whatever we feel like to anybody, anytime. I don't like that too well. Society's <laughs> getting desensitized, and it's just been an incremental one step at a time to remove what, what ethics and, and civility we used to have. Do you? Um, I'm going to ask you if you notice this out there because we've noticed it lately, and it's not like it's been here. Maine's always been a pretty friendly place to be. Have you noticed that there's people that if you speak to them, they look right at you like they don't hear you? It's like they are not speaking your language at all. You look in their face, and they're just like blank. Uh, We've had that happen a few times. It's kind of freaky. The only time that's happened to me recently, I think I told this story, was... uh, I was just parking in Walmart and made a comment to a gentleman standing by his car next to me, and I got just what you're talking about, a complete glassy stare, and then I realized, oh, yeah, he's a Mexican. He doesn't even speak a word of English. Well, I don't know if it's speaking a word of English. I think it's more like they don't know what the uh, nuances of the pleasantries of the day are, like, you know, nice day or something, or excuse me, or, oh, I don't mind, you know, I'm just going to get a cart or something, and they look at you like, they didn't even hear you, like you weren't even there, invisible almost. Yeah. I, and, I, and I'm and i like, what the hell is that? Because <laughs> we're friendly in Maine for the most part. Most people are. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. i, I got to get defensive on, on some of my own wording here. I, I, I throw out a lot of derogatory comments about drunk Mexicans and whatever because they are a problem on the highways out here. Yeah. But... There's a lot of fantastic Mexican immigrants in this state who you'd love to have as neighbors. Uh, Very friendly people, highly skilled in in whatever their trade is, and uh, I enjoy having friends like that. Uh, But uh, get into racism, nationalism, there's a bad apple in every barrel. And... uh, and we do have so many problem Mexicans invading California that it is a serious problem here. And the the great Mexicans, like I say, that you love to have as as a neighbor, uh, they're as offended by it as as the rest of us. So uh, um, anyway, my comment just a few minutes ago is getting this glassy stare from this one guy. Well, yeah, he hadn't even bothered to learn any part of English. So what's he doing in a Walmart parking lot? Uh, so it, it yeah, it gets Yeah, a I didn't even think that. about that you might have some there that are not speaking English. I was thinking more along the lines of they're not even on the same, you know, dimension or whatever. Yeah, they appear to no, not even know what you're talking about. But yeah, the just the facial expression I got from him it just bordered on being rude. Well, I mean, like, even when I said I'd run into this guy that I think had something to do with 9-11 and nobody wanted to hear about it, but even that, he was talking to me in a foreign language, and I was looking at him like, what the heck are you talking about? But I was at least still trying to respond. This was before 9-11 happened. It was a week or two before. But he was probably probably one of the terrorists, actually, one of the patsies, I call them. But um, he had no more 
um, idea of that I had no idea what he was talking about. It was really bizarre because if I was in a foreign country and I was babbling in English, I wouldn't expect they would understand what I said. He was speaking in some language I'd never heard before, and I just looked at him like, huh? You know, what? I think, and he didn't know any common words. That was the thing that struck me the most about him, other than he looked cold and very scary because he had no affect on his face whatsoever. Um, he said he he didn't understand the word dollar. And if I were traveling, I certainly would know the name of the currency, yeah. at least, especially in a store where I was going to buy something. He well, didn't. He had no idea what dollar meant. Okay, not necessarily. This is a confession of Desert Pete. When I was traveling in Lithuania, I did not know how to pronounce their currency when I originally got there. Before I left, I finally learned it. Uh, mm. The the currency in Lithuania is called the Litz, L-I-T-Z. And I didn't know that until four or five days after I had gotten there. <laughs> well, how did you pay for anything? I didn't. My host paid for everything. See, this guy was a, he was shopping in an Ames department store, and he approached me and started asking me things. I, I think it was really weird because I didn't look like an employee either. I was picking up stuff to buy it myself. So he, you know, he made assumptions. He stood way too close to me. I was thinking, man, this is really, in fact, I was just the opposite of what I would be now. But I refused to step back. He stepped right into my space, you know, and, and I knew about that too because of learning yeah. it in school, is that every culture has a distance that they keep between people. He stepped into my space. And um, I was thinking, you know what, I'm not backing up. I'm not going to back up because, to me, that would be wrong for me to do. And that was actually going through my head, you know. I'm not because I'm hospitable. That's what Mainers are. I'm hospitable. I'm not going to back up just because someone odd is standing in my space. I didn't have fear of him, really. But he had, he was just really really strange he had he had a very cold demeanor that gave me the creeps but anyway he eventually left a couple of minutes when he realized that i was no use to him because he couldn't talk to me um but he was just ask he was asking about buying a belt he was showing me a belt and he was asking me about buying it something about it and he couldn't converse at all and then he just left but yeah all of those businesses that saw those people here, they're pretty much gone, except for Sam's Club. They went out there, too, trying to go in the store, and they were told they needed a membership and didn't understand it, so they left. They wanted to buy cell phones. That's what they were doing. Yeah, I I just have to keep referencing my, my, my brief uh, visit to Latvia and Lithuania because those are really the only two foreign countries I've ever visited. Quite a and ways away from I, home, though. I was was really self-conscious at the time of, well, am I am I becoming the typical ugly American, and am I the reason that so many other cultures say Yankee go home? And <laughs> I was as careful as I could to not offend anybody and I got real self-conscious not being able to speak a word of the language there 
and as we just went over, I was so dumb I didn't even know the name of their currency. But where I felt I was the legitimate exception to the rule is I was just a one-week tourist there. I was yeah. not trying to move into the country. If I was trying to move into the country, yeah, I would have taken the initiative to learn a lot more than I did just for that short trip. Uh, and so that's where I think we Americans do have a right to criticize those who want to move here and suddenly expect us to learn their other language. Well, sorry, guys. Uh, if you're a tourist, yeah, we'll we'll struggle to help you on, on brief issues. But if you want to live here, you better adhere to, you better assimilate, is is my point. And I had no desire to move into Latvia or Lithuania, so I didn't really feel any obligation to, to assimilate. Yeah. I, uh, I, I just went out of my way to, I, I just made it a point to, to never do anything offensive and, and went in Rome, do as the Romans do. So... And, yeah, they say it's like that in Quebec City, that if people try to speak English, they'll just ignore them because they don't like it. They get really mad. If you try to speak French, if you don't even know French very well, but you at least try, then they'll do everything they can to help you. But no. you better not try to speak English in Quebec City. That's what I've heard anyway. Uh, I have not to, been there. <laughs> to somebody observing it, it was probably hilarious, but it was very embarrassing for me at the time as I'm sitting down to a, a very pleasant dinner at a very nice restaurant in, in Lithuania. And this fella up at the bar heard this American talking English and he just came over to our table, looked me square in the eye, and he launched into a tirade about something. <laughs> and all he spoke was Lithuanian. I did not hear one word of English come out of his mouth. I just realized this guy is angry about something, and yep. he wants to dump on an American. Yep. Uh, and I I looked at my host, kind of implying, can can you please translate for me so I can defend myself? And yeah. she would not translate one word that he said for me. <laughs> it had bad. to be pretty pretty vicious. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, in a situation like, how do you even say thank you, goodbye? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that that was one of the other most awkward moments of my life. Was uh, was sitting through that, but. Uh, <sighs> Uh, I think the guy had had one too many drinks up at the bar is uh, what gave him the uh, the impetus to uh, go settle uh, international uh, affairs with with the tirade. Yeah. Uh, Are you tall? Am I tall? I'm five yeah. foot eight. You're what? I'm five foot eight. You are okay. I just wondered because I thought you might have a large stature. Sometimes that brings out people to be threatening. No, I just talk tall. <laughs> you talk tall, yeah. Wait, no, those would be Texans, I guess. But, uh, yeah. All all hat and no cattle. But, uh, yeah, really. 
Oh. No, I'd seen uh, I'd seen one of the um, videos that you did. When was that? Back with um, when you were doing the what the heck's his name now? See, we're starting to forget some of this stuff. You're probably not, but the guy with the energy machine there. Guy uh, with the energy machine. The one oh. that we talked about all the time. That guy. Nobody could oh. listen to his lectures because they were too difficult. To listen to Pete Summerrock? No, no, the that, guy who supposedly had a, I think it was a zero. Oh, crap, I can't think right now. Um, zero energy. It was Don't like the perpetual energy. motion kind of thing, something that could run forever with no. Okay, well, there. there oh, you know who I mean. Okay. You know exactly who I mean. That guy overseas. Went from one country to another one to live. Um, he had hours and hours of lectures online. You could listen to him, and you couldn't even make oh, sense of them. James can, yeah, uh, Cash. Yes, that guy. Okay, God. No, no. Way back in that era, I believe, you made some videos, and I saw them. You okay, had no, made some I've... videos. Okay, there's a little confusion because I've I've never made any videos about cash. No, it wasn't about cash. It was around that time period. That's oh, okay. what I mean. You had shared a couple of videos that you'd made, and I don't even remember what they were about now. But I went and yeah. looked at them, and I thought you were tall because of those videos. So it could have been the way the angle was, but I thought you were a tall person. The one video I did that had my face on it that got the most airplay was. Uh, an experimenter, I'll, I'll call him that, by the name of Pete Summerock, uh, who oh. demonstrated a, a variation on controlling electric motors. Uh, and he lived up near San Francisco at the time. And a group of us alternative energy uh, enthusiasts uh, all convened on his garage to see his demonstration. And I brought my laptop, and I fired up the webcam, and I did a brief interview with him. And uh, let's see, where was that other guy from? Uh, well, the one I'm thinking of, you were standing at a mic stand, I believe. Okay. Or you were outside with, somewhere with a, standing with there. With a very ugly house behind me? I don't remember now. I just remember seeing you standing there talking. Okay, if it's the one that had a very ugly house behind me, that's when I shot in my own backyard, and that's what the neighborhood looks like. And that was addressing uh, one of my alternative energy uh, enthusiasts introduced me to somebody from an Indian tribe out here in California, and his tribe was doing a coast-to-coast walk to convene at the United Nations, hmm. kind of a peace movement and bringing an awareness to alternative energy. And they asked me to uh, to address the group. And, well, it was either I traveled out to Ventura to speak live to them or I just made a video to, uh, to state my views on, on their case. And, and that's what I did is I made the video and produced that in my own backyard and... and Posted that on YouTube for for them and all their followers to watch. 
that that's what that was about. And I primarily talk about about clean energy and and its effect on on world peace. Okay. I was going to say I was thinking it was something like a a project or something science. Related. Well, I, I did talk a lot about energy. I, I brought okay. up the, the political ties to energy, though, because uh, they, they kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. And uh, so you think I look tall in that? I, I guess I had the camera too. Well, I, maybe I'm just, you know, doing the old stereotyping because Scandinavians are usually tall around here. They're big people compared to the, the French people and the... Uh, smaller Irish people. There's some big strapping Irish boys in Maine, too, but um, most of the the Scandinavian people around here are, like, tall. They're, you know, fairly tall. That's all. I probably was stereotyping. I apologize. Oh. I'm tall for my age group. I'm about 5'9". Five, 5'9". Five. I'm tall for my age group, and I say that because I, you know, see taller people now, but I think that's where it comes from is my supposed Scandinavian background, although it may be not true because, like I said, my cousin said there was no Swede in him. So how'd that happen? <laughs> he did a DNA test. And I said, really? Well, isn't that special? <laughs> so who was Grandpa then? <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. really. We grew up thinking we had a grandfather that was 100% Swede. So... Think Who are these people? There. They're hiding out maybe from persecution or something. The tallest lady I ever dated, I think, was 5'10". Yeah. It was not really an issue unless you were standing right next to each other that uh, you'd notice. But, uh, I would say that we have, you know, a few people that are tall here. I, one of my friends that I talk about off and on, her kids are really tall. Her, her son is so tall that you bend your neck looking up at him. And she has people that are almost freakishly tall in the family. I forget how tall her grandson is that she went to see down in Florida. I think he's seven feet tall, which is, she had a picture standing beside him. And she's not, she's taller than I am. And she was looking up at him, you know. It's like she looked like a little thing next to him. And I forget how old he is, probably about 30. And her granddaughter, uh, one of her granddaughters, we sang at the wedding a couple years ago, and that was when our friend was still alive, the one that died in the car crash. We sang two songs at that wedding reception, and she's standing there next to her granddaughter, and she's extremely tall. They're down in Florida now. They're running restaurant-type businesses down there. So... They're uh, probably from those people that they always find the bones somewhere buried, the great big giant people that were here. They're probably from that line. I don't know anybody as tall as these people are. Well, Very interesting. We, uh, we all come in all different sh shapes and sizes. And yep, we do. <laughs> we just one of my grandmothers was tall and one of my grandmothers was short. tall grandmother. I don't know how tall she was, but she she was born in 1896, and it was unusual for women to be tall back then. That generation. Um, my tallest child is 6'6". Six, six. 
Wow. What did you My feed him? Son. Um, he was a chunky kid when he was littler, and his older brother was tall and thin, and we figured that he would be the tall, thin one, and they reversed when they got older. The other one stopped at about six feet, and the other one kept going. The second one kept going to six six, and he's thin. He looks, you know, I don't know what he looks like so much lately because I haven't seen him, but they were... They were, they totally changed body type and everything. Because <laughs> the second one was so heavy that when people picked him up, they said, oh, my gosh, what are you feeding this kid? Because he, he looked like he was just a little kid you could pick up easy and you'd go to try to lift him and he felt like he weighed, you know, <laughs> like he was made of lead or something. He was very, very chunky and, and heavy. And then when he started to grow tall, he just never filled out again. His clothes would flap on him and it was like how can this be the same kid that used to wear you know the what they called husky you know jeans husky jeans when he was little Mm -hmm. so he was storing it up for later i guess but i never knew where that came from i was like where did this height come from because we didn't have that that i knew of couldn't find the line in the family that had people of that height you know, I think my dad was 5'10", and, but I just kept thinking it was these Swedes, you know, that they were going, that it was a Swedish line that was tall like that, because I didn't think it would be my other grandmother's French line, because they were all fairly short. She was probably about 5'5", five, five or something, and I just couldn't figure it out, but mums. Mom's family, which would be my grandmother that was French, her she had nine children. My mother was the third of the nine. And some of them were tall and some were very short of the those siblings. And I just look at that and I thought, well, maybe it was on that side. But I don't know. Genetics are interesting to me. Let's put it that way. I've thought about doing it. I know they collect it and they're looking for something and all that stuff. But I know they also already have it, so would it really hurt to do a test? They already have all our DNA because every time we go to the hospital, they probably keep it. Well, it makes me wonder every time my doctor asks me for a blood test, what what else are they doing with it? Yeah, I mean, we've given our blood. We've had, you know... If we've been in the hospital for operations or tissues that have been cut or anything like that, you know, they, they're they going to keep all that stuff. They'll just lie about it. Well, that seems to be the standard test for anything, <laughs> the blood test. And Shucks wants yeah. to have their blood, your blood. They've got your DNA and, and everything. Oh, we just want to know if you have tendencies towards any of these genetic diseases. Yeah, sure. That's why you care. You care about my health, right? Yeah. Yeah, I sure. Guess. Well... Interesting, some of the, the terminologies I've heard uh, of uh, I'm not overweight, I'm just sh- short for my weight or something. <laughs> yes, oh. that's right. And, uh, well, they say the only way you can really tell if you have anything that's health-related to uh, weight is to do one of those flotation things where it shows your index, you oh, know, the, the flat fat index. Yeah, the 
what is that term? Body weight, uh, fat weight, I forget the term. Body mass? Body mass, yeah. Index, whatever. That's one. Yeah. Yeah, I heard another funny uh, term uh, in a, Sarah Westhall's latest uh, uh, video. She was interviewing a, a woman from a, one of the Indian tribes of the oh, from our East Coast here, and she said, "Yeah, I'm I'm from the tribe that discovered Columbus in 1492." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, that's cool. Yeah, that's a great way to, to term it. <laughs> Yep. We discovered this this crazy tribe of Italians coming in off <laughs> off off the coast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and apparently, I mean, according to some other people that had been studying on it, that even the Native Americans that we hear about is somewhat of a story because there was supposedly there were people all over the continent before they came too. So I don't know. Yeah. I suppose someday well, when people are out in the back you know, the back acreage digging, they'll find some things and they'll go, what are these? These don't look like they belong here. A whole other civilization. (laughs) Finding Egyptian relics buried in southern Illinois and in the Grand Canyon. Yeah, uh, things like that. So, yeah, there, there have been travelers all over the place. There's a book that I have here. Don't know if I've ever mentioned this before. I just talked about it the other day to uh, my boyfriend. Wondered what happened to it, and I said it's in my desk in the cubby holes. You better <clears throat> make sure you remember it's there because this book, when we looked it up, it had a value to it. Because and it's a paperback. I said we can't lose this until I read it because he told me I need to read this, and I haven't done it yet. But it said this is the title of it: One Hundred Thousand Years of Man's Unknown History. And it's a paperback, and it it talks about the different civilizations and how, you know, they were covered over and some of the remnants, like you're talking about, that were found different places and um, extraterrestrials and all kinds of stuff. So apparently it's important enough that people want this book. And it just looks like a paperback you, you know, throw in with a bunch of, say, here, you can have all these paperbacks for a dollar. You know, yeah, Rents uh, uh, often has a, uh, a, a really brilliant uh, uh, geologist historian uh, on. I think his name is uh, Frank Joseph. If I remember right correctly, uh, he was the one who, who exposed all the, uh, the Egyptian artifacts in southern Illinois. It was the first time I'd heard of him. Uh, huh. The last time he was on rents, he was he had done ex, uh, extensive research into Easter Island. You know, that's the one with those really odd yep. statues that yep. everybody thought it was just a bunch of statues of heads, and then they started digging and found out that no, those are full bodies that were buried up to their neck <laughs> as yep. they were planted there on the island. Yeah, it was a little strange. Well, he started investigating the culture, and somehow or another, they found. Uh, some DNA strands, I guess, of, from graves or whatever, of, of the culture that lived there, and they traced back to the Irish. Mm-hmm. Uh, but wow. th- that that was strange enough. Just a second. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, the other clever thing about that culture 
they saved an infant's umbilical cord at birth and registered it with the family name, hmm. which leads to jumping way ahead to our time, the fact that that culture knew way back then that the umbilical cord has a high concentration of stem cells for that particular individual and that the stem cell later on in life was used for healing of particular injuries. Yeah. Uh, So that was another uh, highly... And why are they keeping all that stuff secret? Because they've known it, and we're seeing it coming out now like it's something brand new when you know it isn't. Yeah. Uh, And as to the statues, it was pretty much simply commemorating people from their own culture and that apparently everybody was naturally tall there for whatever reason so it was like a uh, like a culture full of uh, Fred Gwynn you remember the guy who yep. played uh, 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 Sherman Munster and yep. uh, it was on Car 54 uh, Where Are You and other sitcoms whatever so just just tall, very congenial, friendly people, <laughs> and they had this highly advanced medical knowledge too. Uh, so wow, just startling stuff around the world there. Well, I just looked up this book on Bookfinder because I look there to see if anything's worth money, and it says that. Um, there's other ones that are cheaper. There's other ones that are on here that are cheaper. Some are new and some are, you know, different dates on them and stuff. But the one that that I have that's published in 1970, it says 266.76. Of course, that's on Amazon in Canada, but um, that's what supposedly it's worth. There weren't as many on here the last time I looked, so it was like it was extremely rare. And uh, I don't know what these other ones, they have a different number on them, but the highest price on this this site is $325.21. It makes me think they want to get as many copies as possible and wreck them, you know. The the highest prices are in uh, United Kingdom. Apparently people have to pay more money over there for things, but... Uh. So... You know, every once in a while you find something and you go, oh, my gosh, I guess I better take care of that and put it in the safe, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, bargains you find on the Internet are all over the place. Uh, my roommate way back in the 80s wrote a book about Route 66. Yeah. And kind of self-published it. And uh, he did a promotion tour, and I guess he barely sold enough copies to pay for his printing costs. Uh, wow. But then uh, years later, he, he gets on Amazon and people are selling signed copies that, that he had signed at, at one of his promotion tours. And they want like two or $300 for his book. Do you remember the title of it? <sighs> A Bicyclist's Guide to Route 66 or, or Antique... No, let me back up. 
Antique Highways, A Bicyclist Guide to Route 66. Antique, and it was, antique it, Highways? Antique Highways, okay. colon, A Bicyclist Guide to Route 66. And all it was was a collection of uh, the exact mileages between towns on Route 66. That he drove both ways two times and got the mileage logged in. So just published that list in the form of a book with with a few pictures. So. I was seeing if it would show up. It's not showing up on here. Do you ever use Book Finder? Uh, I've got a link on my web page. Let me see what, uh, what I I use this one. I used to use it when I worked in the library, too. For when people were looking for some odd book they couldn't find anywhere, I'd say, would you try Book Finder? And they'd find it there, and they just couldn't believe it. Because it, it's like, I don't know, maybe it's dying out now. It might be. But all these antiqui- antiquarian booksellers and stuff that have their dusty little shelves, um, they can also sell on here, and uh, there aren't so many now, but you can find a lot of books that you didn't think you'd ever be able to find again on here. Where the heck is it? Let's see. I have to. Uh, I put it on. I put website. it in the chat. Book finder, single book or plural. Finder, book finder. I book. think if you put an S on it, you go to a pornographic site. Because oh, I remember one day go. being shocked out of my wits. And yeah. I went, well, I guess I'll type that more carefully next time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The so, I'll have to try that. Send the junior high kids over there and have them type the wrong one in. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but. No, the only one I had been familiar with is called uh, uh, All Bookstores, which uh, kind of searched through all the popular book locations to see who had the best price on a particular book. Yeah. Hey, are you hearing anything about them wanting to divide California? Because we're getting that in our newspaper now, about California wanting to be divided into three parts now. The talk continues, but uh, Jerry Brown's going to get kicked out on his rump at the next election. Uh, Good. No no chance that guy is ever going to do his asinine stunts any, any further. Um. I can't say I've talked to any liberals that want to get rid of him, but uh, liberals have no brains to discuss anything with anyway, so I don't talk to those people. Um, no, California's on the, in the same nose dive spiral it's been in for a couple of years now, and, and Brown just keeps making it worse with just totally asinine stunts, and then he's got what the mayor of Oakland uh, committing blatant crimes. Um, I think that parts of California are quite different from each other, aren't they? Oh, very. That's what I've heard. Uh, Orange County has uh, blatantly stood up against Brown and said, yes, we are going to be enforcing federal immigration uh, matters here in our county. So Orange County still remains conservative. And, and and highly repu- Republican, uh, as does uh, well Ventura County is is where uh, the Reagan uh, Museum is at. So uh, uh, Reagan Book Library, I should say, Reagan Library. What am I? Get my turn correct here. Uh, 
so there, there's pockets of conservatism around California. Uh, yeah. But uh, but there's also Looney Tunes stuff up in Silicon Valley, and Silicon Valley's got so stinking much money and and no intelligence behind it. Uh, a little tidbit hit uh, of a. Uh, I looked at a picture of it. It said, uh, "Burned out house sells for eight hundred thousand dollars." And I thought, well, it's probably a big house, and they're going to bulldoze the house and rebuild. And I looked at the picture of it. No, it's a little tiny two-bedroom place, like you'd find here in my town and out in the desert. Eight hundred thousand, and really, the the house itself was a burned-out wreck. You just have to bulldoze it and start from scratch. The article said that no, the owner was actually going to remodel it. Well, if he thinks he's going to get away with that, he's an idiot. You talk to anybody who's ever tried to rebuild a burned-out house, and that smoke odor never goes away. No, it's dangerous to you, too. It's yeah. not good for your health. Yeah, <clears throat> so uh, so that, that's a knockdown, whether the guy likes it or not. And he claims that local zoning won't let him knock it down. And I'm thinking, yep, that's the typical mentality of that pile of idiots running that that area mm-hmm. uh and that no that that's blatant hazard you got to get rid of it and and they won't but anyway somebody paid eight hundred thousand dollars for it and i'm thinking you bonehead you could get a place here in trona that's a burn down for about 80 bucks <laughs> to just rubber stamp the paperwork over to you uh i think it's really funny how they pick and choose who gets to uh do things that are environmentally, you know, nasty or upsetting or whatever. Because we have, you know, we'll have, we'll have like this whole big explanation for why something has to be taken down immediately because it's unhealthy and all this stuff and it's a nuisance and people could go in there and the thing could collapse on them or whatever else. And then in Bangor we had this house that had 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 a bad fire in it and it sat there. It was near a grocery store. That's why we happened to notice it so much. And we'd drive by, and you could smell the thing. I mean, because it stunk, and the air was going through it because there were no windows in it anymore. And I thought, what the heck? Well, they didn't take it down because they would have had to have the expense of it, see? The house had gone, um, the house had gone like... Um, abandoned i believe before it burned so it was not really owned by the city yet so they left it standing and the guy whoever's house it was that had abandoned it because probably they couldn't pay the taxes or something um wasn't going to come back and take care of it because there's going to be more money right to spend so it's like fine you want it take it it's your your problem they finally took that house down but they always use the excuse that it's for public health or something, and so you've got to do it right now. But yet, when it was their liability, it could wait a few years, right? I never saw a burnt building stand as long as that thing did. It was ridiculous, and it was in a neighborhood that's very close. You know, the houses are close together, so these people, you know, if they had their windows open, they were breathing that in. People driving by, breathing that in. Everybody coming to the grocery store, breathing that in. Oh, that was all fine, but if it was you or me, forget that. They wouldn't have allowed it. And then there was um, there was a uh, 
building that they wanted to remove to make a parking lot behind a business. And I drove up through that street one day, and they knocked that whole thing down with, like, front-end loaders and stuff. And the dust and the debris was flying all over the place, including all over the street that I was driving on. And here they had made everybody else who was doing even to paint a to scrape and paint a railing on an old house. You had to put shrouds around it and wear protective gear and everything and worry about the lead paint, yet they did that with the house. They knocked it down and threw it into like dump trucks and hauled it away. There was yeah. there was pulverized glass, there was asbestos shingles. They didn't care. And I thought, how do they get away with that? They put people through all this stress and ridiculous, you know, regulation for anything they want to do on their own house, yet they could do that. They had it down in like an afternoon. It doesn't take long when you just smash it and haul it off. It was all done. Everything was fine. I don't know. I said I wasn't going to rant and rave tonight, but yet I did anyway. But tomorrow's another day, and we all have to survive. So. Yeah, that's right. So on it goes. Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, I've I've just fallen into some serious discouragement here the last couple of weeks because I'm shocks encountering political garbage in another country that's just as bad as my own country. I'm thinking, is is this is this common all around the world? <laughs> How did this happen? <laughs> I know a lot of people are feeling that. It's like, how could it have happened so quickly? That's a puzzle to me. I I keep thinking that there was some kind of implant or something that happened with, um, you know, immunizations or something where these people have some other frequency they're operating on and they're getting messages or something. I don't know, but it's very bizarre to me because, like I said, I've seen people who've had massive personality changes people I knew for a long period of time because I haven't moved around. I've lived right in the same general area for a long time, decades. And there's people that I barely recognize anymore because their personality changed so much. I don't think I have. (laughs) I've been shocked about things and I've changed in that way because I had to go learn things I didn't want to know. But in general, I don't think my core self is much different. It's like they got cold and they got, um, I guess they what, have a lack of emotions. What just knocked the wind out of me the last couple of weeks is with, with all the stories we hear in the media about Wells Fargo committing one crime after another and, and even Field McConnell going off on a tirade of how evil Wells Fargo is. Yeah. Uh, with my dealings with MoneyGram and Western Union and other countries' governments, when the dust settled after all is said and done over my last two weeks of of attempts at business, the only organization that did everything right was Wells Fargo. They actually did what they were supposed to. And everything was acted, acted accurately and promptly. And I'm thinking, well, what's wrong with this picture? I, everybody else is, keeps telling me they're the bad guys. And as far maybe as maybe they've had to clean up their act a little bit. 
Well, right now, everybody else is is giving me a sucker punch every chance I get. And as soon as I turn around, I get punched by somebody else. Except my bank actually did their job the way they were supposed to. And, I mean, kudos to them for, for yeah. a change. So Quite a nice for a change. It's a surprise. A nice yeah. surprise. So. Yeah. So anyway, even people that that appear evil at times can actually act pretty good at times. So that now we get back to my my Baptist upbringing of, of believing. Yes, there is a doctrine of repentance, and occasionally it works with some people. So, well, uh, I hope that some of these people see Jesus or whatever they need to do pretty soon, because it's pretty sad. Some of the stuff that's going on, and they think it's perfectly fine. You know, they don't. I I don't think they really have common emotions. Like, I thought all humans had, or pretty much all humans had had emotions. They felt empathy and sympathy and, you know, love and all the cool things. And that it was only a few people here and there that had problems with that, maybe brain damage or, you know, severe abuse or something changed them. But it's so common now to see it. And I I just look at it like, where did they come from? They don't appear to have anybody around them that's close or family or anything. They're just sort of on their own. And I feel like I want to ask, like, do you have parents? Like, I want to say of Mark Zuckerberg, do you you have parents? I'd like to see what they look like, you know. Yeah. He may have come out of some lab somewhere, for all we know. You have parents who respond. Well, I mean, wouldn't you be interested to know what his parents look like? Because when I first turned on that um, hearing, the people in the chat that I was on, whatever station it was, whatever network it was, it was probably one of the major networks, and the people in there were just saying, you know, that guy is not even human, that guy is a reptilian. They all had the same response to the way he looked. It's like, who is that guy? And... um like yeah, how, what would his parents look like to produce a uh, a child like that? He's 33 years old, and if you saw him, you know, dressed different ways, you probably couldn't even tell his age. He's just very different, different looking. Uh. I don't know. I didn't feel like he looked like he was really relating to anybody there either. I forget if it was on that list that uh, that our prior discussion, AIM, put together, but there's an accusation that both uh, Jeff and his wife are, are CIA agents. Who's this? Uh, I forget what, what list I saw him on, but... Uh, they, they were, and I, I think okay, AIM put out. Uh, I don't know if I have oh, that. Oh yeah. I don't. What, yeah. Do I have that one bookmarked or not? Well, on this computer. If I do. I forget how I titled it. Um. Uh, Who are you saying are maybe CIA agents? Uh, Jeff Zuckerberg and his wife. His Korean wife. Mark. Mark. Mark Zuckerberg. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, I would think that somebody 
Oh, 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 I saw something today, too, that I was going to mention, and it related to that. There was a program that ended on the same day that Facebook began, supposedly. Now, that could have been fake news, but I just saw it today. And they were talking about, a, or last night, it was talking about a program they had about keeping information on every person's life, and it ended on some date in 2004, and Facebook started the same day. I wouldn't be a bit surprised if there was a relationship with um, upper echelon, military, security, you know, governmental, shadowy stuff, because who would get the permissions to be able to do the kinds of things that that Facebook does without having some of that? So I believe it's probably true. I, you know, it wouldn't, if somebody told me that, I would probably say, well, that makes sense to me. Looking back. You you don't get to that kind of power and money without somebody having their, you know, controls over you. Moment through my bookmarks on this other. And what was up with what we heard about the fact that he gave all this money to these people's campaigns and then they're sitting there interviewing him? I'd like to see the list of people who got um, campaign funding from him, too, to compare and contrast with what their questions were. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but uh, Able Danger published a, a PDF of uh, a list compiled by this uh, American intelligence media okay. uh, that showed everybody that was on senior executive services payroll. And once you got clear down to the Z's, it also had a parenthetical remark next to uh, Mark Zuckerberg and his wife claiming that both were also on CIA payroll. Hmm. Uh, Well, that would probably be the plum book I was talking about, if it had all the names. I wanted to see the names of the people that were in the senior executive service, the list of names. And all I could find was a sum down to a certain letter, and then it stopped. I didn't find anything else. And I didn't know if somebody had a link somewhere that was safe, because who knows what it's putting on your computer. I'd like to know if there's any people in Maine on that list. Really, really would like to know. All right. I know abledanger.org published it in the last couple of weeks. Let me Okay, go I'll go right look now. there. Oh, okay. Uh, see if it's still up. Uh, and they did more updates, so... Maybe it scrolled way down. And also, the other th- another thing I saw in the last week or so was supposedly the president signed an executive order saying that he had delegated some of his powers of presidency to different, like four different people. Did you see that? No. I think it had to do with um, being able to act in certain situations so that um, if something happened to any one of them, there would be other people there that would know what the plan was, 
would know what was going on. In other words, it was like the Secretary of Defense and, you know, whoever else was high level with the president. Maybe it's not true, but I think all of the executive orders are public, aren't they? I don't think there's any secret ones. No, they should all be on uh, whitehouse.gov. Because people people were freaking out. What do you mean he signed over his presidential powers? Well, I don't think it was every single one of them, but it was like a contingency plan type of thing in case somebody decided to take him out that they could still act if there was an emergency. (laughs) All right, so just adding to the confusion here of all all the computer problems I've had this week, I did save it on my own um, computer. Let me see how it got titled. Maybe that'll make it show up. I thought I saved it here. Oh, I can't even find it on my own computer. Okay, the 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 file was titled Deep State. Um, okay. And uh the Deep State Shadow Government uh rogue agents of the Central Intelligence Agency promote a, a globalist agenda. Uh, blah blah blah, uh, and then it's got a whole bunch of fi- pictures of faces. Large uh, this so I can read it. Get down to the uh, bottom of it, and it says. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg, uh, uh, Facebook, Clinton Foundation, CIA. Hmm. And then right next is Priscilla Chan Zuckerberg, his wife, uh, Facebook, Clinton Foundation. How do I get that link up into chat? No, this is a file on my hard drive right now, and I i can't find my bookmark as to... Uh, that's a YouTube. Well, it's not a big, huge deal. I mean, it, if it's around, then it can be found, because you found it, so... Well, it was on org, but as I look at it tonight, it's not up there tonight. I don't see it either. So, I was just uh, looking myself. But that's okay. I If I know it's around, I'll go look for it, see if I can find it somewhere, too, or ask around. Or if, if nothing else, I could email the file to you. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to open up my Yahoo anymore, uh, but I might. The file is uh, four and a half megabytes. That is enough to send send by email. The trouble is, yeah, it's sitting, the the file sitting on a computer that does not handle my email. So I no, I cannot send the file over to you. Well, don't stress over it. I will see what else. Important list, and I 
that story either. Shucks. As you have often said, if you see something, grab it immediately. <laughs> yeah, it's around. And, uh, and as I've learned the hard way, uh, back up your bookmark file frequently. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Don't let it drag on five years like me and then a blue screen of death takes out your, your whole browser. I knock wood have been lucky and not had that, but my boyfriend's had it. He's had it in the last few days, actually. Blue screen of death, no fun. You look at that and you go, "What is happening now?" Right? I will take Jameskin's advice and start looking for folders throughout my hard drive to see what I can find and maybe rescue something. But uh, I'm afraid something just got completely wiped when that happened. And sometimes what what you think you're doing to solve it ends up making matters worse. There's there's a software called a CC Cleaner that supposedly fixes registries and such. And I'm wondering now, did I run that right after my crash? And if so, maybe it wiped what was left of my book cart mark file. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. So. Uh, on goes life. Well, tomorrow's another day, and I can start a new bookmark list, I guess. Hope we can Something find Something big and heavy is just taking off now. They sound different. That's why I notice it, because we don't have that traffic all the time anymore. It used to be you just didn't even hear it at all, because you're so used to it, like a train going by. But something big is taking off. It rumbles different. It sounds different. I haven't heard any fighters lately, though. Usually I would hear fighters in the middle of the night because they're very loud and fast. It's like in the old days you'd hear a fighter taking off. It would be loud and it would last for a few minutes, like three or four minutes. Now you hear a really loud burst and then it's silent. It's like they get up and away really fast. And they usually go in the middle of the night, so I don't think they think anybody notices, but occasionally I'm awake and I hear them. I don't know what they are. They must be newer ones that are fast like that. You you kind of picture them as like taking off straight up or something because they're gone so quick. Oh, well, I'm anxiously looking for that bookmark. I found another one. I mentioned another clever YouTube find. Uh, I've mentioned what... Yuja Wang and all these other fantastic uh, classic pianists I'm, I'm discovering. Yeah. Uh, I found another childhood prodigy. He's uh, he's actually, I guess, 17 years old now, but he's been making YouTube videos for six or seven years. Hmm. And this is bizarre. You see a little nine, ten-year-old kid sits down at a yeah. piano and starts playing Chopin, Rachmaninoff, anything. Yeah. Yeah. Man. 
and uh, now in, in his more mature teenage days of ages of 16 or 17, he's making instructional videos about the maintenance of a piano, stuff I never thought I'd be fascinating listening to until I listened to him talk. And he's talking about things, a term I'd heard for years and never really understood what it meant was the voicing of a piano. Oh, we, all know, nice. we all know about tuning. Yeah. Do you know much about voicing? I've never heard the term before. I, I'd heard the term but had no idea what it meant. Uh, voicing, from my professional sound man experience, had to do with uh, with kind of the tuning of a room's acoustics. Oh, okay. Uh, but I had no idea what it meant in a piano. Well, I watched a 17-minute video that this kid did, 12-minute video, and now I fully understand voicing. could probably do it to a piano myself. Uh-huh. He is Great. a fantastic teacher. And I'll just simplify it. It has to do with adjusting the softness of the mallets that strike the strings. Oh. And that uh, a hard mallet will obviously give you a real bright sound, or a soft mallet will give you a mellow sound. And oh. he, sh- he shows how to do it and what kind of tools are used to, to accomplish that. And, oh, my goodness, suddenly I understand something about mechan- about piano mechanics I had never known before. Hmm. And that's embarrassing because my mother was an accomplished uh, keyboard player, a piano teacher, and she loved pipe organs and any keyboard she she could grasp all of them. But, uh, but it just sort of never ran- rubbed off on me, and I just couldn't comprehend as as one comedian remarked, all, all those black golf golf clubs on the on the paper made no sense to me. Yeah. And, uh, uh, but but listening to the, this young boy describe the, the piano mechanics, man, it's all making sense all of a sudden. Uh, his his sir, the guy's name is uh, James Pavel. Uh, if you stumble onto any of his uh, his YouTubes, they're uh, they're quite educational and short and to the point. And he discusses the difference between six foot pianos and seven foot pianos, and what they change in the in the various designs and and whatnot. And uh, yeah, sounds interesting. Uh, so that's just another genius out there <laughs> that uh, all of us can learn from if if you have any any interest in pianos. Well, that's the thing about people um, just you know, following their interests, and you'd be amazed how much just a, an average everyday person knows about something they're interested in because they've gone into it in depth. They could teach the class and make you like it too, probably, because they do. Yeah. Uh, well, the, the fellow, apparently his he had very intelligent parents <laughs> the way they brought him up too. And I guess his uh, his parents kind of started filling the house with pianos, mm-hmm. which gave him a, an interest in it. He probably noticed right off that they all sounded different. Uh, yeah, and one of the funny things he points out is he says when uh, when you need to have something as intricate as as tuning or voicing done on a piano, you usually hire an, an expert. But he said, uh, well, by the time he was nine years old, his family had 
owned 17 different pianos. Mm-hmm. And he said, if if you have to hire a tuner or 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 other specialists to to maintain that many pianos, he says it just gets too expensive for the family to afford. So you had to learn yeah. how to do it yourself. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, that that's how he did it. Um. I don't know. Maybe I'll find the link by next week. Shoot. There's an important point like that. That or I'll figure out how to email it to you, one or the other. Okay. Sounds good to me. Yeah, the other picture I, I've been thinking about emailing you this week was... Uh, <coughs> thing I was talking about last week was that that incredibly beautiful uh table that I found on on eBay made out of a uh uh an uh, a 19th century clipper ship's uh helm and its ship's bell. Yep. And uh, I got to send you the picture of that thing. It was just uh, they just don't make stuff like that anymore. And I was thinking, okay, that that was the transportation media of the time. And what if we were to try to make a uh, a household table out of the uh, the steering wheel and the horn of today's transportation? No, it, it would not have anywhere near the beauty. Mm-hmm. Uh, like like I like a, a '64 Thunderbird, but you get the steering wheel off a '64 T-Bird and the electric horn, and try to make a table out of it, and you've got one ugly <laughs> piece of junk. Yeah. But uh, but just the way they they did stuff back in the 1800s, it was just majestic with uh, with how they put stuff together. And so you can turn it into a, a beautiful f- piece of furniture. So anyway, it's just one of the pictures I've been admiring this week. Uh, I'm at the end of my list, so I'm going to be talking in circles from here on. So I was so excited when I started that I wore myself out. Now I'm exhausted. <laughs> I'll yeah. probably just have tea and put my feet up for a bit before I go to bed. But I've been trying to go to bed earlier because of the fact that I feel better the next day if I do that. It's I don't think it is just about how many hours you sleep. I think it's when you sleep as well. Because mm-hmm. I find that even if I go to bed late and sleep in the morning, it's not the same as going to bed at night rather than get exhausted first and then just crash. I don't know. We're going to all learn how to get healthy, though. We've got to because we're getting old now. <laughs> we got to learn how to get healthy because the doctors aren't going to tell us. They're hoping we exit sooner rather than later. Well, I tell you, there's a lot of interesting stuff showing up. Uh, yeah. Bill Still on his videos has a new sponsor of some supplement that enhances uh, stem cell production. Wow. And I See, Jack at... knows about a lot of that stuff too, because he does that natural, you know, uh, like natural living center advising. He goes there sometimes and teaches people about the various supplements and things you can use in lieu of medications and stuff. And he know, he's up on all that stem cell stuff too, because he has um, friends that work in that, you know, that area like keep up on it because of their kids or whatever. They're trying to um, cure various things that are wrong with their kids. Uh-huh. And Jack's da- Jack has a daughter with Down syndrome, 
I don't know if she can have improvement from things like that now, but there's other types of things that are treated. I think autism is one of the things that people are using stem cells for trying to correct some of the damages or whatever it is that causes autism in the first place. Yeah, there's several fascinating items showing up here. stem cell uh, stuff. And I think I mentioned the, the C60, uh, carbon-60 treatment uh, that's really showing amazing results. Uh, that carbon-60, uh, a guy was showing uh, what it's doing to his, his pet cat. And my gracious, his, his cat in the before video had obviously been through some fights and was in, in pretty bad shape. But, boy, that cat healed up well. The uh, in, in the most recent video, the the fur coat on that cat was something that would make a mink jealous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, it had uh, it had recovered so well. So, uh, and and other humans that are playing with it too are giving very good results. So, I don't know. Maybe there's something that can turn a 60 year olds back into 40 and 30 year olds again. And uh, Give us another uh, another extra twenty or thirty years of usefulness here. Sure, be nice. Yeah, I as read somewhere we... probably three or four weeks ago. I was reading somewhere that said if you live till I forget what year it was twenty twenty or twenty five, then you can live forever. I was like, I don't know about forever, but there there's going to be a lot of advances in medicine very soon, supposedly. Probably what they'll do, though, is make us half robotic, and I'm not really interested in that either. I don't have any desire to be half bionic. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's not something I'm interested in. I think it's kind of creepy myself. Similar feeling here. Yeah. Uh, it's just the wrong direction to take it. But uh, but no, if they can get our own bodies to uh, to get our stem cells to to fix what's what's broken or or weakening then uh then so much yeah, the better fix us from our own self because we supposedly can repair ourselves and the only reason we can't repair ourselves is because we've been messed with that's what i understand anyway is that we have damage to our dna otherwise it would our body would keep just rebuilding itself to the plan um and that is, that's how I understand it to be, is it's the blueprint, basically. It's telling the body, this is what you need to repair, here's this, it doesn't fit the specs anymore, you know, that kind of thing. Pretty fascinating, anyway. Well, thanks to everybody for hanging in as long as you did tonight. So I see we lost uh, lost a few. But, uh, with the good yeah, Dottie and Eight here. and Straight Shot. We haven't had any hecklers lately, though, so maybe they're just going away now because they don't have any. They don't even come in here anymore. I don't know. I don't know how busy Talk Show is anymore because I don't go to any of them. I used to listen to a few of them, and I don't even. I haven't even gone in to see what kinds of stuff is still happening here. <laughs> I just show up when I get a chance in here. <laughs> I don't know if you heard me say, but last week I was just so stressed out, and it was like. Um, it wasn't the kind of thing where I could put my finger on why. It was just that a lot of things 
threw a monkey wrench into my routine. And by Thursday night, I was just like, you know, I'm feeling almost like shaking. I'm so tired and just, ugh. So I said, I'm not doing it. I know better than to push when I feel like that. I need to lay down and take a rest. So I did. But it was just a lot of odd interruptions to the routine. And, you know, I felt like I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing. And so it made me feel really really strange and exhausted, so I went, no, I'm going to take a rest. So that's why I wasn't here, but I did still collect things. As you can see, I had plenty to talk about, so. Yeah, there's uh, no shortage of of just junk going on in politics here. And uh, what's going to happen? Man, tune in to Mike Rivera's show, and both he and all of his callers are acting scared to death, thinking that Trump is going to drop a nuke by the end of yeah. the day. And Man, haven't you people learned what theatrics are yet? I know, really. That, that's, that's all that's going on in Washington. Is one I theatric. thought we might have something bad happen, honestly. I really did, cause, and it still could. I just tell people, you know, hey, I love you, if they decide that this is the place they want to make a point with, because I keep thinking... You know, I'm sitting here a mile or so from Susan Collins's house. There's only a hundred senators. You know what I mean? I consider that kind of a risky area to be in. Is near her, but yeah, I could yeah. walk to her house from my house. I found out where she lived because people were protesting in front of her house a few weeks ago. Remember? So I found out where she lives. She lives near Stephen King. She's like two doors down from Stephen King. Wow. And I was very surprised about that. But he's showing up in some of the back stories as well. It's like we've got these people who are just kind of floating here, floating there and everything. And Dottie doesn't have really good things to say about Susan Collins either. But it's like if somebody wanted to do things to the entire Senate, you know, I'm not that far away. Or if they wanted to threaten her or somebody else, here, here's her town she lives in, you know. I already know they set things up in advance in places so they can um, shut people up, you know, whatever they want to do or scare them. So Bangor is a good, scary site for, you know, makes you kind of wish you weren't sitting there. But what are you going to do, Run? They'll probably have something somewhere else. I've spent my whole life being afraid of something blowing up because of the fact they scared us when we were kids. So it's not like it would be the first time I'd have to think about it. So we just tell everybody we love them, and, you know, if this is the last day, then that's the way it goes. I don't want to be around after the fact, I'll tell you that. I hope they get us all at once if that happens. I still feel God's in control, and he's got yeah. his own intentions on how, how he wraps up the the, the final scenes. Uh, yeah, exactly. I don't think it includes uh, any of our local oh. politicians here. You know, they're playing this brinksmanship game again, and I'm tired of the brinksmanship game, so I don't care. And it sounds really kind of, you know, almost like stupid or fatalistic or something, but honestly, I just can't care anymore. It's exhausting to care and have nothing happen. And if it does happen, I can't control that. So whatever. 
I think they're doing theatrics, just like you said, though. I think it's to get people all, like, in a um, vulnerable mood, like, oh, my gosh, what could happen? Or to make him look like he's a crazy madman that can't be trusted. So. Yeah, and just so many different twists and turns of the story. I I don't want to waste time talking about it. Uh, sorry, I can't get any pictures up on on, on this chat board, but there, somebody posted one, something funny on on Facebook. I grabbed. Uh, it was uh, titled uh, "Trump closes his first trade deal with North Korea," and they had photoshopped the picture of Kim and Trump exchanging hairdos. <laughs> so, so Trump right. had had the, the short black hair and 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 Kim had had the blonde toupee. Kind so of that like. was their trade. <laughs> that was the the first trade deal with uh, with North Korea. Well, I but saw anyway. something somebody put on tonight and they're all like thinking is he out of his mind cuz supposedly he's he's looking into rejoining the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Oh my god. Um, Remember how much we talked about the Trans-Pacific Partnership and how bad this was? Because it was like a whole other, I think Vietnam was in it, and there was oddball Yeah, and we thought that got settled, but... uh, They were like running, they were running it like it was a separate government in the world from everybody else, and... It's been pointed out that Trump brings up stuff for discussion just to distract his opponents. Well, the other thing I kept thinking he was doing also was to get a lot of information because they think he's on board with something they're going to disclose more than they would if they were in a confrontation with him about an issue. So Uh, he picks their brains, reads their minds, and then says, sorry, I changed my mind, I'm going to hire this guy instead. I forget who the commentator was on on even the claim by Trump of moving the capital of Jerusalem or the capital of Israel from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem yeah. was just to make Netanyahu happy, but it, that it can't possibly be done because Jerusalem is is listed as an internationally owned city. And somebody else told me Jerusalem is owned by the Pope. Has the actual title deed to to that dirt? I wouldn't be surprised because Pope probably has a lot of uh, deeds. Yeah, and <laughs> so to to move the capital of of Israel over there, it would now no longer be on Israel land. And well, supposedly it's going to be ready by May, according to him. Well, it would be the embassy going there, but oh. yeah. I saw that and I thought, well, I thought it was going to take longer than that, but I think they're going there in May. If they're going to run it out of a motorhome, they just drive in, maybe, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't think they're going to build anything by then. I don't know. Uh, Get the Army Corps of Engineers, they can do it overnight, remember? <laughs> yeah. That's what we always well, say. My brother and other family members also belong to the, the construction battalion in the Navy known as the Seabees. Yes, but my father in law was. Yeah, and they were noted for very fast construction of bridges. Well, we always joke about it because we say, oh, they go, oh, you want a road through there? And you got to have, what is that? That's a swamp? Okay. And then (laughs) 
the next day you get up and the the roads through there there's a there's a bridge over the swamp right <laughs> they move all whatever it is they had to move through there and then they remove everything and it's back to trees growing <laughs> but that's how it is up here whenever they have to do something that's in you know in a remote location there it's not the army corps of engineers but similar type things they lay these temporary roads down i don't know if you've ever seen them but they're pretty fascinating they put like a temporary road it's like a I'm trying to think what it looks like. It's something they roll out, and they can drive heavy stuff over it and not really ruin the vegetation or anything. And when they take it back up again, it doesn't look like they were ever there. <laughs> I've seen them a couple of places, and I thought they were pretty cool. They look like they're lugged together, like almost like a welcome mat would be that you can unroll, but it's made out of something heavier, obviously, for trucks to go over. And uh, I don't know if I can find a video of it sometime. Maybe I will. But have you ever seen anything like that? Uh, no, not not up personal. They're pretty interesting. I think they used them mostly up here why I saw them. I think it was when they were putting in those wind masts. And they had to put them like up on these, you know, bluffs where there was no development at all. You know, it's like. Let's ruin the landscape, right? Let's make it look ugly. But they would go into these areas where there was no road, so they'd just put one in temporarily and then remove it afterwards. I don't know. Seems like you'd have to get back in there again to service them, but maybe it was just for the heavy stuff. Oh, Anyway, all right. Well, it's going on midnight, so I'm starting to yawn in your ear. Okay. And uh, it's good to talk to you. It's good to talk uh, to somebody who has a clue what's going on, that's for sure. Or or at least is is honest enough to admit that he doesn't have a clue what's going on. Well, any, anything that sounds, you know, like <laughs> James can say in TPP, no way. Well, way, James can. We need to go study on this because apparently, yes, way. Um. Yeah, to have somebody who even even if they don't know has a clue what you're talking about or even asking about because people off the street don't have a clue what you're talking about. I even people that are starting to wake up and look into things and do some research. I said to one of my friends the other day about Q, and she said, "What is that?" And I said, "Well, you, you know, whether you believe that it's valid or not, people are talking about Q." So if you hear about Q, that this is what it means. And she said, oh, okay. And this is an older lady, but she's, she says, I've never been so involved before. I've never cared so much about what's going on. And she's really into it. So <laughs> she says, all I want to know before I die is that these people are going to be brought to justice. And I said, well, you got to stick around a little while, you know, because she's concerned she's going to die before she hears the outcome. And... uh you know, well, I think we all have that in mind, is that we really want to know what happens at this point. I've got to email this, this PDF file over to you. Okay. Uh, let's see, James Kinn and Bell, you're the only other two people in chat. I've got your address, too. Would you like a copy of that uh, that senior executive services payroll list? If so, I'll, I'll CC it to you tonight. It's actually the payroll list. I think that's how it was. 
I was going to say that's pretty interesting. Uh, Let me get it up on the screen. <laughs> that's a pretty interesting snag out of the ether. James can still here, but I think Valam has ventured away somewhere. Unless she's just listening, she hasn't been in the chat. Uh, trying to see how this is titled. Uh, James can said yes. Okay, Pete. Okay. Uh, it's just too much for me to read. My eyesight late, this late in the day is not that great, so I'll, I'll just send the file over to you and you can look at it. But, yeah, it, it's an eye-opener of just how many people are, are deeply involved in lots of stuff here. And it's, uh, it's, it's names and faces is the nice thing about this list. So so that's where wow. I appreciate whoever put the, the effort to compile this list. Uh, did, did a very good job of it. So anyway, we'll, we'll try to get that over off to you tonight. Okay. Uh, okay, that's uh, that's it for now, and I'm uh, I'm wearing out myself. So thanks everybody for hanging in there, and uh, Lord willing, we'll, we'll catch everybody on on the next go around, whether it's uh, next week or 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 a week breather in between. But. Uh, but the, these chats sure help with with all the confusion that goes on in the in between here. Well, they help me too because, I, like I said, they force me to have to think about what's important. <laughs> How would we know? We could get offline tonight and find out something huge happened while we we're sitting here talking. But it's just like there there's so much going on that one thing pushes the other thing out of your uh, head because you can't think about everything at once too much. So, like, okay, what are we concentrating on? And I've been concentrating on Maine more only because I can take care of things here. I can actually influence things here more than I can in the national sense because we have things going on here all the time, and we actually can get close to the people that to talk to them and face-to-face -face makes a big difference. You know, other states can't do that. So I feel like the, with the time that I have to do it, I should be confronting people here and letting it ripple out from that rather than try to spread too thin. And I don't know, just seems like the right thing to do right now. So I've been writing comments and, you know, keeping up with what's going on in Maine because there's tons and it relates. You know, it relates to all this globalism stuff. The trade things, uh, Bath Ironworks and whatever they're building, um, labor department stuff, things with health and human services that have to do with all the funding for, like, Medicaid and, oh, there's some other stuff that's been coming up, too. So it's like keep an eye on all this stuff. The legislature, were t they were talking again today. I don't know if they voted or not, but they were talking again today about the female genital mutilation, which is the Muslims' uh, ritual they do to girls. And Maine didn't want to make it a, a crime in Maine, and there was a big outcry about that when people started to find out. They voted on it last June, and I talked about it then, but it came up again today, and I haven't heard anything yet about that. But these are all things that affect other places, too, in the United States. So I'm just thinking, with the Maine twist, Maine is up here, but they're not really even though nobody thinks about us or anything, there's stuff happening, and it's because I think they try things out up here to see if it's going to fly 
if people will be able to accept it when there's heavy um, political competition and also people who pay attention to politics, because we all do up here. Everybody talks about it all the time. So it's like if it'll work in Maine, we can pass it by in other states where people don't don't do that. So I think it's like the canary in the mine up here. We have to yell when we see something going on. Hey, look over here. Something's happening again. I'm going to put a link, if I can find this, to this Presque Isle windmast fire that was in the paper recently. And then I'm out of here. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good night, Val and James Ken and, uh, and everyone. Have a, have a good one yourselves, and uh, I'll catch you All on the right. Thanks for coming. Okay, good night for now. Good night. Okay, if I can find this, I think I might have one. I can see if it will open up. I don't know what this website is, though. National Wind Watch, UMPI, which is University of Maine at Presque Isle, wind turbine catches fire Easter night. So it was a little bit back there. Is this a... I don't know if it's a video. Let's see if it's a video. It looks like a still picture. Somebody must have had a video of it. I want something more exciting than a black screen with a flame in the middle of it. The newspaper had a picture of it all charred the next morning. But... Um, uh, News Center, Maine, that's a TV station. Let's see if they have a video or something that shows it. We talk about the wind wind industry up here and how Angus King benefited and got all kinds of money from it. And uh, so we're always disparaging on this. Well, not everybody. Some people think it's perfectly fine that they do wind energy. And some of us think that it's a waste of money because it's not windy all the time. And uh, a little video on this one, but it doesn't really show anything good. Never mind. Saw a great picture with the wind turbine all burnt, and it was in daylight. And do you think I can find it now? No. All right, I guess I'm not going to bother with this right now. Maybe next week I'll have it, or you could go look it up yourself on the Bangor Daily News because it was on there, I think. Okay? All right. Have a good week. See you next week if I can. Thanks for coming. night. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.